0: Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Oh, <laughs>
1: well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in.
0: Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 248. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going?
2: hello everybody hello dave tired but good
0: Man, you're tired i'm fresh because i've 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 had some leave but rich you're the opposite burnt out retail warrior isn't it really at the end of the day
2: yeah but also just a lot of people are sick at the moment so i've had to put in some extra days and hours so
0: it is the apocalypse rich it's the most boring version of the apocalypse possible but it is the apocalypse yeah it's true
2: through. I'm sleeping through most of it. It's a very
0: <laughs> dull apocalypse, but it is an apocalypse nonetheless. Um, So, Rich, how have you been this last week? It's been a week since we recorded. Yeah, we recorded last week. That was our comeback show, wasn't it?
2: Yes, yes, we did the uh, New, Year's New Year's show. That's
0: right. And so this week we're doing Batman, Superman, Who Are the Secret Six? Um, the mm. first volume in the Batman Superman run that was recommended by um, a few people, but Connor especially, um I think was heavily recommended. And I, th- yeah, I think that was the the main recommend. Um Yeah. And what about you, Rich? Reading, watching, what's been going on the last week?
2: Uh, a bit. Um, I've been playing a bit of the Final Fantasy, the new expansion that just came out. I've just oh. started playing Halo Infinite. Oh. Joined that. And, um, since our conversation last week mm. and your uh, absolute disdain for um <laughs> what <laughs> uh um okay, what's his name i just had it oh that
0: fucking asshole zachary Levi.
2: <laughs> yes uh <laughs> since you hate it, zachary Levi, i started rewatching chuck <laughs> uh
0: just despite me just despite yeah, me. just
2: because i thoroughly enjoy it so i was like yeah. after our discussion i was like i think i'm gonna rewatch chuck <laughs> oh, geez, <laughs> so i've been watching a
0: bit of torturing chuck. yourself i i just Look, I, look I, I'm not going to relive it again, but I just don't get the appeal. To me, he's cheesy and one note. I just don't get it. And, and like, everyone's like, he's the nicest guy in the world. I, I'm like, he's the nicest guy in the world. So what? You know, can he act? Barely. You know, like, he's nice. Since when has that been the definition that you go by favourite actors
2: by? He's nice. Nothing. I think it's because, um, look, let's be honest. I think in this day and age, um, well, especially at, at him, it's like, he used to put on actual like um, Q&A sessions by himself. Like whenever there was like a con, mm. he would actually go and like basically rent a room mm. and 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 uh, himself or he would try and get guests from there on because I think he just genuinely does enjoy his fans and he enjoys interacting with them. And I think it's because of that, it's because he goes a little bit above and beyond right. to actually connect with his fans. I just think that's why a lot of people... Yeah, like... They like him. They find him that he's, he's genuine. He wants to spend time with them. He wants to entertain them in a room and, and tell funny stories. And, if only and he was more entertaining, him. though. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If you've actually watched one of those shows, they are pretty entertaining uh, when All he right. reads it. Because even right. at one point he had the, uh, uh, the two guys from uh, Supernatural on and they yeah, were just well, like, obviously like, I'm going to enjoy that obviously I'm I'm down yeah, for that you know and they were just joking and ribbing each other and just telling stories and I, I think that's just why people like him is that he just goes out of his way or he, he's not one to shy away from fans in fact he actually wants to spend more time with his fans he's like, not sitting you know, in his I mean,
0: mansion just counting money like with behind the gates yeah you know
2: yeah and look I I think he's uh uh I think he's a I think you are you're, you're uh, underselling him I actually think he can <laughs> act <laughs> Yeah, the it's, show proves yeah. that because he has to kind of do. He's he's a nerdy guy being a spy, so you do actually. get Oh, but to see come on, that's not like that's not child. it's
0: not that's not the hardest acting in the world to
2: act to be. No, a spy. but it's still but it's still enjoyable. Is my point. It's not like you. It's not like it's some cringy. Yeah. Oh god, this is terrible acting. It's it's not like the, as bad acting <laughs> as Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah, I know you're not a fan of
0: that. I mean, I agree. Those 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 youngsters in that show aren't fantastic actors, like at all.
2: But, yeah. Oh, and also it's got the absolutely beautiful, oh, what's her name, uh, uh, Yvonne, uh, Yvonne Stravinsky or something like that, yeah. who played Miranda Lawson in the Mass Effect games. Right. Yeah, no, um, I, I know that Chuck does way, have. I, w- yeah. I was thinking she would have actually made a really good uh, Sonya Blade. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, for if it, for like Mortal Kombat. um, yeah. I think she would have been a good Sonya Who did they have for Mortal happened. Kombat? Never happened.
0: Who did they have for Mortal Kombat, the movie? I can't even remember.
2: Yeah, oh, me, the first the one, one was. uh no, the new one. I mean, the new mm-hmm. one. Oh, the new one. I don't actually fucking remember. Dude, I don't even recall. I don't, like, I don't even think a it much. was. A, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a big name or anything like that. No, she wasn't I in. Know. A well, to be much. fair, there wasn't exactly much big name actors in that. To be no, fair, so. no. Well, I would say none. Like, did it
0: was anyone?
2: Uh, well, I think the one the the Japanese guy who played uh, Scorpion. He's, um. Not a big name, but he was probably the biggest name, I would say.
0: I didn't mind it, to be honest. I, I like parts of it. I didn't enjoy, like the, the armor at the end. I didn't enjoy, but I didn't mind that movie. You know.
2: I mean... But no, I was just there was one episode where she's uh, in like a um, she's in Thailand and the she's in like the black tank top, black shorts, and she's like sure. in this underground kickboxing, Thai kickboxing thing, and I was like. She looks exactly like Sonya Blade with the ponytail and really? like the black tank top, and I was like, gee, she would have actually been a really good Sonya Blade."
0: I've never watched the show, and never will, but I but I recall Dion was saying that he, oh, it there was a really hot. It's really, it's hot really shoot. good because
2: I mean it's got it's got Adam uh, Baldwin in it. And yeah. I, oh, I, I so it. it's
0: got all your fucking favourites in it. Like, what a surprise! Nathan Fillion didn't turn up as well, just to complete the trifecta for you, Rich.
2: You know, no, but they did actually have uh, some uh, really good. Um, uh, guest appearances and actors in it. I mean, uh, Timothy Dalton has been okay. in it. Um, oh. oh, what's her name that played Sarah Connor? Oh yeah. Lena um, Headley. Lena Headley. Yeah. Yeah. She Excellent. was in it. Uh, um, okay. Scott Baculo has been in it. Really?
0: The guy yeah. from um, Quantum Leap.
2: Yeah. Uh, he yeah. played uh, Chuck's dad and all that. So uh, there's uh, been a, a few... Uh, oh, yeah. Dolph Lundgren was in it. He was in one episode. Jesus Christ. So like,
0: yeah, there's let's get a lot Jake of Kataway. good names in there. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, everyone loves that show. I know everyone loves that show. I'm constantly, it's a good show. <laughs> it's a good show. You know, but is it something I'm hey, going to watch? can I be honest with you? I would
2: much rather sit every day and watch an episode of that than most of the shit that's on today. So... <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Well, there's our advertisement for Chuck. Uh, It's been, you know, finalised for about ten years now. But it is on, I think, Disney Plus. I think I saw it on Disney Plus the other day. It came up. Well,
2: I've been, I've been, I've got the box sets, but I've been watching it on uh, uh, Amazon. Right. Okay.
0: So you're going back, man. You're going back to basics. Meanwhile, I'm still watching the '60s fugitive. That's by my cup of tea. Black and white. David Jansen on the run.
2: I was watching a bit of Jake and the Fat Man the other day as well.
0: Great show. Great show. Mm-hmm. Um, William Conrad and uh, Jake Penny, great show. Great show, Jake and the Fat Man. I used to watch it back in the 80s, man. Great show. Loved it. Uh, for, do you remember Riptide? You ever catch that uh, one, Rich? That was no, Jack Penny's no, no, no. previous show. Jack Penny's previous no. show. Yeah. It was two no. guys, um, a, detective, I think they were a detective agency of some sort, and they lived on like a houseboat. And they solved, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, crimes and stuff. It was cool. It was awesome. <laughs> it was, it was fun. And then he spun that right into Jake and the Fat Man. It was like his next show, like the next season. Um, all right. So some big news from this end. Uh, last night I watched R.I.P.D. Um, the old show with um, movie with um, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. It was on Hulu. We watched it. My God, does that movie owe a lot to Men in Black? It's almost like directly doing Men in Black, but just with different villains. Have you seen this film, Richard?
2: Yeah, but I believe it's based on a comic book, isn't it?
0: Well, the comic book owes a lot to it then, but whatever. But look, it was enjoyable. Um, I, I think we'd seen it like when it came out, I reckon, and I, I, I had not even thought of it, but I was like, this set looks like a bit of fun. Let's put this on. I mean, I'd give it a solid 6.5 out of 10. I didn't mind it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I think, uh, if I'm being honest, I think uh, Bridges definitely carries that movie sure Um, i think he steals a lot of the scenes and i think without him it might actually be a worse movie yeah
0: he's good in it for sure i mean ryan reynolds is i I would say kind of dialed down in it if anything you know like he's he's got it. he's you know he's his shtick is kind of a bit more dialed down than normal i i I, from what from what i saw anyway
2: well yeah but the problem is it's it's still ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds at least with with something like this you kind of get to see jeff bridges yeah uh, a little bit more comedic, yeah. which is not something he does f- super often. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously I know there's, you know, the big Lebowski and all that, but I mean, he's not exactly known for, you know, he's many comedic roles. No. So it, I think it's just entertaining to see someone of Jeff Bridges, sort of caliber. Mm. Um, uh, and I think this was around about the time that he actually did the true grit remake. I think
0: it was, uh, it, was a, it was, it was around time. that time. Yes, it was around. A, a remake that I don't mind. Love the original with John Wayne. Um, but I don't mind uh the remake, but again, that,
2: that the remake is carried by Jeff Bridges again. He's excellent. In the he's like, excellent, I think, I think he was just such perfect casting and, and the way he played the character. I just think that's what made it as good. Big as, shoes to uh, fill. Can I you imagine? Love the, I love the scene where he's like, You are not thief.
0: <laughs> um, so the big shoes to fill if you're going to remake true greed oh, yeah. you know like that's that's a challenging movie to remake because it's considered such a classic and, and i do love the original um mm-hmm. it's but it's like if you said let's remake the searches let's remake rio bravo and not just steal the movie and call it something else but call it that i mean it's tough you know um, well again you
2: see but that, that, that's a good sh- um it's so someone said to me the uh, not said to me but i read somewhere the other day that someone um basically said like this is the guidelines for a remake right mm. if you're remaking something visual like a movie or a tv show then just do it mm. exactly the same right yeah. B for B, if you B. yeah if you're remaking or redoing uh, something non-visual like a, a book or something then adapt it like oh. make changes um uh, tell a new story but i kind of feel like that's why this remake is so good is because it is very faithful just with different actors to bring their mm. uh, their take to, say, maybe the characters or their performance, but it, it, they didn't really change.
3: No, not you know much. what I mean?
2: They they, they didn't really, like, uh, upend or change the story or try and be different. They were like, no, let's just make a... We're going to take an old movie and we're going to modernize it mm. And in terms of, like, you know, uh, better cinematography, better... Um, uh, 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 camera you know what i mean like just uh, it look make it look updated look better but we're going to be true and faithful to the actual uh story uh, of the first movie and that's what i think makes it so good
0: for memory and i mean i'm god i haven't seen that film in ages and i've actually seen the original closer they're they're fairly similar you know in, in essence from Yeah, what I mean, they're, I they're probably
2: going to be one or two little things, but I would say that is 90% the same movie. What
0: about, let me give you another example. Assault on Precinct 13, the original 70s version versus the more modern version with Ethan Hawke. Uh, what did you think of the remake? Uh, compared to the original?
2: Um, it's not it's it's not a bad remake because I think what they did was um they cut out a bit of the um the fat. Yeah. Um, which, as much as I love the, the 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 first movie, it's a bit of a slow burn. Yeah, I love it though. But you are, to, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying. I think what they wanted to do was they said, okay, let's just like, um, let's expand the actual like siege more. Yeah. And cut out a bit of that like that fat at the beginning of like really setting it up. Sure. Let's just kind of like you know do a small setup and then just really just expand and make it more action. Action based. Um, uh, action based. And again, I don't have an issue with that because at the se- at the end of the day, you're still staying true to the story about a siege that's happening mm-hmm. at a police station with cops and a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's still faithful in that way, just without as much of the buildup.
0: I tell you another one that I think the original's excellent. Like one of the best films of the seventies uh the taking of Pelham is it one two three and then the remake with Mm -hmm. Travolta I think's also very good maybe not as good but I think they're both I I I always thought that was because I hadn't seen the original when I saw the remake and I was really impressed impressed by Travolta in that movie and then I went back and watched the original I was like wow it's a really good original movie as well
2: Mm. well I you see that's also the problem with movies where um it's it's hard because even if you do make a good movie, mm. you, you it's very hard to knock the first movie off its pedestal. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no matter what remake you do, no matter how good it is, it's always going to be compared to the original. But that's really you scary. know what I mean. Yeah. And you you'll make something that's equal to it probably. Yeah. But it's very rare that you're going to make something better.
0: But does Hollywood care? Do you think? I don't think they do. They just they no, just I don't the think paper.
2: they care. But I mean, I'm happy as long as it's equal. Mm. <laughs> But I'm not interested in shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: but more often it's like the new Robocop, which just sucked, you know, compared oh, yeah, to the original. Like, it. that's that's more often. I've plucked out two where I think they did really good remakes, but more often than not, it's a complete failure. And it's just such a shallow reboot. Like, the original uh, 2016 Ghostbusters, um, you know, how awful that was compared to the original Ghostbusters. And, and I haven't seen Ghostbusters. Have you seen Ghostbusters Afterlife yet, Rich?
2: No, 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 I haven't but seen it. Well, I haven't
0: even it. seen 2016, so... Yeah, know. I, I, you'll never that. want to watch it, dude. I, I watched 2016 with Michelle halfway through the movie. We looked at each other and said, this is seriously so shit. Like, this is, this is just mm-hmm. not funny at all. And it wasn't, for, you know, I can tell you, it wasn't the fact that the Ghostbusters were women. It was the fact the film sucked. You know, and that's we gave we g-
2: that's the problem. Yeah,
0: we were we were well into the film, well into we'd given it plenty of chances, <clears> and we just said both of us said this just sucks. Like, I'm sorry, you know, Um, but I am I am looking well, forward to
2: it. I think that, can I, I? I think the problem is is okay. Let, let's be honest. I mean, as much as those you know the the ladies are good and they're funny and all that, I I think it just shows you that you know like Dan Aykroyd. Bill Murray, and um, uh, Harold Rymus. uh, They were just on a different level. Yeah. You know what I mean? When they made that movie, it was very much a, um, uh, they they worked together on that.
1: Yeah. They were at the peak
2: Uh, of their powers too, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. And they all just like sort of built their character and they worked together. Whereas I kind of feel like this one, they were just, it it almost felt like, um, let's not forget Sigourney
0: Weaver as well, you know?
2: Yeah, but with the new 2016 from what I've seen from Trey, it just looks like people who are just trying to be funny by being like just random.
0: They're doing a lot of bits, to be from memory. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bits. Like, it, the intentions were probably good, you know what I mean? And you can sort of see that the, the, the actresses have some good ideas, but it's a, just a bit of a mess, and it just it just falls a bit flat, frankly. Like, it just, I don't know, it just it runs out of steam yeah. kind of thing.
2: Well, again, nothing in the trailers I saw made me laugh or even think it was funny, so I was like, I'm going to stay clear of this. Yeah, it wasn't good.
0: Um, now, and as well then, Richard, so um, uh, announcement for the show, in the next two to four weeks, um, Adam talking to me put me on to Alan Moore's Supreme run. Now, Supreme, for those who don't know, uh, was, I believe, a Rob Liefeld creation of Image, uh, Rich, pretty much, I assume, pretty much a Superman ripoff or something. But anyway... Well into the run, issue forty-one, Alan Moore came came to the title and had quite a decent-sized run on the title and completely reboots the character. And I started reading his run, Rich. It is remarkable. It's it's a love letter to Silver Age Superman. Um, it's so good. And I said to Adam, who's a big fan of it, I said, "We've," I said, "Richard probably enjoy this." um, we should get him on and we should do a signal show. And so we're going to arrange the times and we're going to have the three of us on rich to do the Alan Moore Supreme run. Um, I figured that would be a bit of fun. Have you read it rich?
2: Um, I did read bits of it back in the day. I do remember when it started off, it was basically just a, um, just a violent, um, shittier version of Superman. Right. uh, When, 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 when life created. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 He was just basically violent egotistical you know um just yeah. a jerk yeah, yeah uh but yes uh I, I i do remember alan moore coming on and and making it more nuanced oh and, it's it's and, it, what i've and, read and so really far is amazing like, uh, changing the character to uh, be a bit more um Age.
0: oh dude it's a love letter to the silver age superman Mort weissinger comics you know and i've mm-hmm. got to be honest i i've read about three or four issues and I, I i texted adam and said this is amazing adam and i knew i'd like it but i've been saving it up and it's better than i expected rich um and you know i've got a fondness for that kind of cheesy 60 stuff anyway but um it, it, he also counterpoints it with current stuff so it's interesting um and i thought it's something it's something there's a lot to discuss in there so i won't i won't sort of like you know, give all the spoilers, but there's all, it's, it's it, there's there's things in there to discuss, and I thought it'd be great to have a round table of three gods of the game coming on, um, Adam the computer, Rich and myself, at the high table, Rich. You know what I'm saying? At the, at the high table. Like what do the, they do in the Knights of the Round Table? Do they put their swords on the table?
2: Don't they do that sometimes? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it depends on... Um... I think they do. Uh, someone's interpretation over there, some where they, they slide it into the table, then there's others right. where, yeah, it's just on the table. Ours are on the table. Yeah. I'm definitely... I'm, I'm and then definitely. there's others where it's it's next to them on the chair. So it just depends on an artist's... Uh, artist's well, I can tell
0: you, it. I'm the emperor of signal, and we do our swords on the table, you know. And so we have these fancy swords, we throw them on the table. I'll kind of throw mine down. I'll raise my seat to be a bit higher than you guys as well, just a bit of power play there from me, you know. A slightly more comfy chair for Davey with his bad back. And, and I'll throw my sword down and say, well, what you got, Rich? You know, Alan was supreme, go. You know, give us, the, give us a thousand words.
2: <laughs> let's, let's see how that plays out.
0: Well, uh, I'm sure sure it'll play out it well. You, you know, uh, if you have to guess, I'm going to give you one guess. My favourite person in history who I admire the most. If a historical figure, I can give you some clues – uh Brilliant season. You got it. First time out, Rich. <laughs> Richard's got
2: it. <laughs> Died surrounded by yes, I, I know I know who is your favourite person <laughs> of all time, don't worry. Died surrounded by friends,
0: as they always say. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Hey, with friends like that, who's the ed- who needs enemies? Eh? That's it exactly.
0: Brutus, yeah. Brutus did not he didn't fuck around, did he, Brutus? Like he just for some ungodly reason which I'll never understand, he, he fucking stabs him in the back. You know, the greatest leader of all time. Literally. The noblest Roman of them all. You know? <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they used to take Sinatra when he played at Caesars in the 70s, the noblest Roman of them all. Sinatra's in town. <laughs> and um, anyway, so, well, rest in peace, Julius Caesar. I know you died over 2,000 years ago, but uh, still felt all these years later. It's, now, yeah, it's <laughs>
2: certainly still felt by Dave today. <laughs>
0: Um, now speaking of that, guess who is doing the final mission arc in Assassin's Creed Valhalla and has in fact completed the majority of the game. I've just got to go back to the settlement, and I believe the credits will roll. I have completed the game, Richard. It, I, I I checked. I have played for over thirteen days in the game, which I did. Ooh. Which is a lot when you tally up the hours. I believe it's over three hundred hours. Um. I've put in some serious time into this game, Rich, and I'm so proud of myself for how. Ha- and guess what I did. So I, I want to talk about something here, and um, I'm going to get quite fucking detailed. Are you familiar with Hadrian's Wall or Hadrian's Wall, Rich? Mm-hmm. So, for those who don't know, um, Hadrian's Wall. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rich. When the when the Romans invaded Britain, you know they conquered up from the south all the way up through the north, and then at a certain point they reached, and I believe they reached, like, the Pict tribes and stuff, and after warring with them for a little while, Hadrian decided this was the limit of Roman expansion in, in England. Mm-hmm. And am I right in saying, Rich, he built a wall across the entire island, like, from coast to coast? Is that what he did to, to block the Picts?
2: Uh, yes, although I wouldn't exactly say blocking, considering that the wall is only like knee high or like waist high or well, whatever. But, but, it, but it, yeah, was, it, it was it was a defensive wall, it go from uh, from coast to coast, yes, yeah, it's a offensive from, from the Irish Sea to that would be the Atlantic, the Atlantic, see the, the Atlantic, wouldn't yeah, it be? But, yeah, but I think they also call it the North Sea or something like
0: okay. that. Okay, well, Rich, slow down when you're saying knee high because I'm looking at pictures of it here, mate. It's not knee fucking high, firstly. Maybe it's knee-high now in ruins. Well,
2: I, think I, I changed it to waist-high. <laughs> okay. But they stationed Roman... Depending on how tall you were, I guess. <laughs>
0: well, what I'm seeing here, the picture I'm seeing here, I'm not sure if it's an artist recreation, but it, it's taller than a person. Other, But the ruins of it, uh, uh, the ruins of it, because now we live in this godless age, 2022, it's still there, but it's more like just rocks kind of thing. So you can tell that there was a wall there, but it's it's more like... The size of a hedge now, you know, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so the, the point is, it been funny. I,
2: I, I'm sure it was taller, but just like with the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the what's it, the eastern Island statues, yeah, which are mostly underground now, I really, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same as the wall.
0: Wow, so anyway, so the point of the story is, I, I've always been obsessed with the wall because that was the part because I was, I was like, why didn't the Romans just keep pushing? But you know, Hadrian decided that was the limit of the empire, and fair enough. And um, so I was thinking, people kept mentioning this wall, and obviously in Valhalla you're playing back in Viking times, so a lot closer to the age, you know, only, what, uh, a few hundred years after the fall of the Roman Empire, you know, roughly. And, um, you know, roughly, maybe a little bit more. But I'm, I'm like, how the hell do I find this wall? It's right at, I didn't realise how far north it was. It's right at the very limit of the actual game. And so I went up to the wall last night. It was such a special feeling, man. I got to the wall and I was like, Yes, it's the wall, and it really does go along and it's all in ruins and stuff. But then I'm thinking there's got to be some sort of an achievement. Yeah. You light the beacon fires on the wall. You light them well up. There's all these clues to do it. Like it's like keep the fires lit and all this and like, you know, from from the watches on the wall from back in the day. Okay. You light the fires up, and I have got an achievement that only two percent of players have gotten. Is there is there anybody out there, man? I've never felt prouder as a Roman. You know what I'm saying? Like standing above the one of the battle battle you know, forts, lighting the fire, and I looked across, and I could see all the all the all the beacon fires all lit up along the wall. Man, it was like a solid half hour to do it all, and I, I felt so proud. I almost broke out into like a chant for Caesar. You know what I'm saying? Like. It was probably my proudest moment, and it, it tells me that they've got to do another game set in Rome, ancient Rome, Rich, because yeah. they haven't really explored that into my satisfaction.
2: You know, you know, there's actually two walls, then. Eh?
0: No, I didn't. Where's the other wall?
2: It's actually further. So apparently, they did actually almost twenty years later. They tried to expand their territory, right? And there's another wall called and. Antonin, Antonini, Antonio, wall, yeah, okay. Uh, which was built to um uh, to replace Hadrian's Wall uh, to basically expand the right uh, a bit of the territory.
0: Because Hadrian, he did his predecessor Trajan's policy of expanding the empire, and instead focused on defending the current borders. Because don't forget that this wasn't the only fucking boundary in the Roman Empire. This was just their boundary in UK. Obviously, they embraced the entire Mediterranean. Um. But, Rich, am I, am I, in comparison, the Antoni Wall, thought by some to be based on Hadrian's Wall, was not declared declared a World Heritage Site until 2008. So let's have a look at what the Antonio Wall does. Uh, It was built across the central belt of Scotland, built some 20 years after Hadrian's Wall to the south, and intended to supersede it while it was garrisoned. It was the northernmost frontier barrier of the Roman Empire. It spanned approximately sixty-three kilometers and was about three meters high and five meters wide. Let's have a look at how tall Hadrian's wall was. It 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 runs a total of seventy-three miles in northern England. Uh, yada yada yada. Where have we got you know dimensions? Uh, was it was its width was reduced to an originally planned ten feet to about eight feet. But what about height? Um Medi, a medieval historian, wrote the wall to be standing at 12 feet high with evidence suggesting it could have been a few feet higher at its formation. Um, The miles-long wall, there would have been a tower every third of a mile, adding more to the dimension of the structure. So, you know, 12 feet rich, 12 feet high, that's two people, you know?
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, if that guess is correct.
0: Well, that's 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 all we have to go on, Rich. I mean, what what else have you got? I mean, have you taken a time you know trip in the time machine or something? No, I'm just
2: going to assume that it is probably only five feet tall.
0: It's not five feet tall, Richard. There's no way they would have made a wall shorter than the barbarians they're trying to fight against. The whole point of the wall is to make it tougher for the picks to get over. You know, so you build a higher wall for the people.
2: Five feet is still going to stop you from charging, (laughs) mate.
0: But it's not enough. You want to be in medieval times. I'm telling you, to have the higher ground when these fucking picks are charging at the wall with ladders and God knows what else they've got. You want to be able to have spears of the Roman soldiers to be able to poke down at these picks. Five feet is not enough. I'm telling you, man. You get a, you, you could get a pick who could high jump it at that, at that, at that foot. You know, you could get a high jumper. Then you'd be in trouble. Thought about that, Rich?
2: No, it doesn't keep me up at night, now. <laughs> anyway, so it, it, look, as you can
0: tell, I'm pretty fucking happy with myself. Can you? I'm in such a good mood. Can you tell, Rich? Like, I really am in a good mood because of the...
2: Oh, um, you're about to finish fucking... Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, finally. Yeah, I mean, how well, long no, have I been playing this way, game? You, you, you can still... You will never, ever beat my 15 years in one game. What game is that? World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yeah, I know. If I, oh my god, if I had to go look up the days slash hours, oh yeah, yeah, be, it'd be in the thousands.
0: Oh, look, a couple of times playing Valhalla, I've got him burn out, um, but I got a I got a surge of energy during my break, and you know I could play more at my own pace. I didn't have to play late at night when I was really tired, like, and and I, I I'd done so much of it that once I got on the downhill slide, it it sort of became a lot better. I mean, I've reached level two hundred and eighty in the game and I got an achievement for that um, you're in the end game now I, or something I
2: still cannot believe that that's how many levels there are in that game seriously that is I ridiculous think,
0: I think it goes to about 300 and then there's more stuff after that as well there's a lot more in the game there's Paris expansions and there's an Irish one there's all sorts of stuff going on
1: yeah, I need a
2: Ubisoft game with the level cap be 300 well yeah, for,
0: for those of us who enjoy it Rich we're glad it is because we don't want to be limited man we want to keep we want to keep Exploring new territory, much like the Romans, you know. I've come
1: to the hey, edge. On, hang on, hang
2: on. Yeah. way more people have spent many, many, many more hours playing like Skyrim, Morrowind, Elder Scrolls, and they were nowhere close to a level cap of
1: 300.
0: <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know how, what to tell you. I'm telling you, man, like, honestly, I'm gonna say it for the final time. Maybe not the final time, but this might be the final time. Reach, do yourself a favor and pick the game up. It's awesome. I reckon you'd enjoy it. Never. Why? It's 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 Vikings. You like Vikings? Yeah, you, you not know. As much as you. There, there is one element that I think might counter. There is a grind factor. There is a grind factor in the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, it can be. Some could see some parts of it as repetitive.
2: Oh, that's the thing i think i think after spending 15 years playing world of warcraft i'm kind of done with the grind
0: yeah you're all ground out man you know i, I saw yeah,
2: i'm 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 playing halo and they've kind of turned halo into a slightly yeah mini open world game which can you actually i have to see if that bothers me when because uh, i've only played for about two hours but
0: can you help me out rich because i've not played halo much i mean i've obviously seen it um Halo Infinite. Can you just give us the ten cent pitch for that, just for just for those of us you know who have always kind of avoided it? Is it single player? Is it multiplayer
2: like Destiny? What's the story? Uh, yeah, it's only co- just come out um, uh-huh. like a month ago, I think. Um, right. It's basically the sixth game in the Halo. I know there's before anyone gets, I know there's ODST, but I'm talking about the mainline sure. games. This is okay. the sixth one, mm. um, and it's one where uh you you're back on a halo which is the title of the game uh but this time they've made it a little bit more open world so there is like forts and bunkers and stuff that you can just you know drive around and uh conquer and stuff and all that uh, and the stuff that you do in between like i think there's 14 missions and is it single
0: player or is it multiplayer
2: uh, at the moment, it's single-player, but apparently they're going to be bringing multiplayer into it, and then it's also got the um, the actual proper multiplayer of, like, uh, uh, player versus player. Like a Battlefront thing, uh, yeah? Yeah, like, uh, you know, Call of Duty. Well, you know, yeah. Halo is the one that pretty much, like... Um, sure. Okay, so there is a multiplayer
0: uh, aspect that's going to be launched, well, but right I now...
2: technically Quake and all that, but, I mean, Halo was, like, massive. It wasn't oh. the first, but it was definitely one that I think... Oh, it's uh, enormous, yeah. Uh, um, uh, popularized it more. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so I'm not used to my Halo games having an open world component to it. So um, what do they normally C have?
0: How... Normally, it's very sort of linear. Is that, is that what? Yeah, but, but
2: yeah, more linear. Get from A to B, then to C, and then boring. That's the chapter that, finish but then... rich, partly, players
0: like me, you know what we say when we see that?
2: Boring. We want to roam, dude.
0: You know, roam is like me, man.
2: You know, roaming no, the world. No, but, but I I don't play um <laughs> I don't play Halo for the roaming. I play Halo for the combat. Fair
0: enough. Okay, and it's first person shooter, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. All right. And well, this time you've this time you've got a grapple hook, which is so much fun.
0: All right. And you're enjoying it.
2: Yeah, I mean the combat, I'm 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 thoroughly enjoying it. Is it
0: on Games Pass? It'd be on Games Pass, wouldn't it?
2: Of course it is.
0: Yeah, because it's a Microsoft game. I saw that mm. that Alien Fireteam Elite's on Games Pass. I downloaded it actually.
2: Um, um might check it out. It looks bad.
0: Yeah. I, oh, look. I mean, it was on case pass, so it didn't didn't cost me anything. Um. Hmm. Now we have a new segment, Richard, and as usual, I've gone to the well to come up with a title for this segment. The segment is called Fet-A-Thon.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's an original Dave creation. I didn't even take any input from Michelle on this one. Um, and it's us discussing the book of Boba Fett, Rich. Have you seen both episodes that have come out so far?
2: Uh, just the one.
0: I've seen both. I've seen
2: the first episode.
0: Okay, second episode's a lot better, frankly, a lot more interesting. Um, yeah, Well, let's... So let's cover the first episode. So I'll do the, the two-cent pitch for the show. Basically, um, at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, Boba Fett inherited um, <clears throat> Jabba the Hutt's in a palace, after he killed that guy who was Baba uh, sorry Jabba the Hutt's major domo, the you know the guy with the tentacles. What what's that race called, Rich? You know the you know the guy
2: I'm talking about. Uh, a Twi'lek or a Twi'lek, depending on people's yes uh, pronunciation.
0: I was surprised that guy hadn't died in Return of the Jedi, frankly. But anyway, um, when the sail barge got destroyed, but regardless, well,
2: he, well, technically he wasn't on the sail barge,
0: so well that I didn't know. I assumed he was. Um, but anyway, so he killed him. He inherits it. He has that actress who's in just about everything. Um, what's her name, Rich? Ming something or other. She's good. I like her.
2: Ming, Wu, whatever.
0: My God, is she in everything? Like any Pretty of much. these shows, yeah. like she's constantly, I like her, but my God, she's never out of work. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and it's the same performance every time. You know what I mean? Like it's just like cut and paste. So she's there. She's like his offsider. Uh, this Boba Fett. Can I just say this? I I enjoy the show. I like Tomorrow Morrison, I, and I especially liked episode two a lot more than one. But I do have one gripe. When he so in the show, he escapes the Salt Pit very easily. It seems comes up in thirty seconds. Yeah, he's half dead. Um, we're not really sure how long he had been down there because. There's definitely all the stuff with the return of the Jedi action is not a part of this you know you do see the sail barge kind of all rusted over and stuff or sanded over but that's it
2: really you can, it's not, not real I mean you can see the um, uh, the de- the the debris but yes it's definitely been a while maximum a couple of days to a week
0: okay yeah so he, he comes out he's hammered falls asleep um, gets captured by are they Tuscan Raiders rich um. Yeah, but Tusken Raiders uh, who basically bring him into the fold and he starts learning a lot of stuff with them and in episode 2 he helps them out a lot and it becomes part of their clan. But, or tribe, but here's my one thing. When he's originally captured and you find out they're not as bad as like, we never really have explored Tusken Raiders terribly so I kind of enjoy seeing the tribal aspect of them but anyway, here's my part that I Question: This is Boba Fett who's just escaped the, you know, Sarlacc pit, etc. So he's basically your normal Boba Fett, you know, like normal. No time has passed, at most a week, from his normal Boba Fett persona. He's around the fire with his other little alien. Um, it doesn't matter what their grace is, but he's just a little alien who's also captured. Boba Fett, basically uh, from memory, starts to escape. And he, he, he asks the guy if he wants him to cut his bonds as well. Now, from where I am, Rich, I, I, I'm i summing the same up badly, but I don't see Boba Fett pro- with any, you know, he's basically the same character that he was in Jabba's Palace. I don't see him as at all altruistic. Like, at all. I, I can see how uh, he can develop. This but...
2: is a very um, neutered Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, and I don't mind character growth in the second episode when he becomes more of the tribe. But before he becomes part of the tribe, when he's just a normal Boba Fett, I don't see him being that helpful to people. That's just not ever been his nature at all. He's after the... No, money. and
2: in the first episode, that Twi'lek guy was like, yeah, I'm not giving you any um, tribute or whatever like that. I'm sorry, but the actual Boba Fett would have just shot him.
0: Yeah, but at like, least... He just
3: shot him dead.
2: But at least,
0: Rich, I will I will argue his case there, at least you can say that a fair amount of time has passed with the character that there could have been character growth. And that's what they explore more in, in episode two because all the time he spends with the Tuscan Raiders give him more of a sense of uh, sort of community and I think mellow him a little bit. Do you see, Do you hear what I'm yeah. saying?
2: No, I think it's just because it's a Disney Star Wars, and they're not going to have Boba Fett actually be Boba Fett. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, he does kill. He does more stuff in Episode Two. Uh, look, I'm enjoying it. I, yeah,
2: I, I, but he's only really killing people that attack him or like in defense. But,
0: but, dude, he was of always that, kind like... of—he was never an out-and-out, out-and-out baddie, evil. He was just a mercenary bounty hunter. You know what I mean?
2: Like, no but if someone got in his way if yeah. someone stopped him from achieving his goal he would not be afraid to Blast shoot that person true that true. that is what and i'm sorry but i mean i don't miss uh, i'm not saying people can't change but i don't think people can change um uh well let's say how let's say he was 40 when he fell into the sarlacc pit right sure i don't think i don't think like for a, a couple of months or a couple of years with the um the sand the, people, the sand people, undoes forty years of
0: maybe, uh, but maybe not. I
2: of, mean, of, of like intuition and 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 personality and all that sort of stuff.
0: But by the same token, I will say this: that when you go into that, when when you, I, I reckon people can change in, in about five years. I, I think I'm not saying I'm not saying unrecognizable, but I believe that there can be character growth and character regression. In, in someone who's 40 plus. I really do. I
2: Again, I agree. But again, the problem you come to is um, I think one of the reasons why the, the Mandalorian was probably a little bit better is because he's a blank slate. Sure. Yeah. It's a fresh face that you can sort of get invested. The problem is you, uh, until the show starts, really, right, mm. you you have a view of Boba Fett. Yep. And you kind of want to see that Boba Fett. Mm-hmm you not. I'm not interested in a. Oh no, I've mellowed out. Yeah, I hear. You know, because I'm, I'm like, yeah, but I kind of want to see the Boba Fett that we. I don't. Know want, I don't we want you really mellowing. Seen out. that Boba Fett? Like, if you're saying everything, only the Disney stuff is canon, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff that they own. Then that means you've not really seen much of Boba Fett. Sure. Like the true Boba Fett, and you're like, I just feel like if you're telling me this is the true Boba Fett, I kind of have lost a bit of interest already. Because I'm like, it's not the Boba Fett I came to see.
0: No, I hear, you. and that's an interesting point I, like, I I, definitely hear what you're saying and, and I'm having those thoughts too um, one thing I will say is I, I kind of wish that he didn't have that sort of uh, I don't even know what, what you call it like toga or dress um, with his costume I'm just constantly like I know he had a Mandalorian but I'm constantly like why is he wearing that you know like and I assume it's, something
2: I think to... it's not, I, I, I'm sure it's probably to hide the weight right but it's just at the back. I don't, mean, I don't mean, look. I'm not trying to sound nasty, but Morrison is like old now. Yeah, he's he's not a fit young man, <laughs> and and no, I'm sorry, But he does look. He, he looks old in this, like, yeah. and and not in a fit young. You know what I mean? Not 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 in a fit, yeah. dangerous old. Where you just look old, but you're still, mm. you know, you're still like tight and muscular, and you're still in shape. This is sure. like out of shape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which. It just doesn't look
0: that good. Like, no, I know what you're I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not trim, tall, and terrific. Look, I think it's interesting. I, I don't mind the show look, at all. Can I be honest
2: with you? I would, if it was me, I would maybe use, again, I would do it where you don't have him with his helmet off that much. Mm-hmm. And the scenes that you do have his helmet off, it's a bit more um, uh, close-up, more um, portrait-type mm-hmm. shots, and then you have a body double.
0: I don't think he looks that bad, man. Like he's not that out of shape, you
2: know. Uh, again, I, I think it. I, the, I think the reason that he's in black and it's all loose fitting <laughs> clothes is because they can't put him in sure anything tighter without it looking. And I'm just saying, you you're dealing with a character that wears a helmet. Yeah, you could maybe put a, 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 someone else in there, have him do the the voice acting, mm. and again, still have, if you need to, and you want to have those shots of him, the helmet off and over, you shoot it in a way where you're not showing too much of the body.
0: But uh, he's not obese. I mean, he's just an older guy. Like he's, he's quite know, solid.
2: But, but again, Dave, we're dealing with fantasy here.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't like, You don't want to see an in, out in of shape of a fit should still, no matter how old he is, should still look dangerous and fit. Sure, no, I hear you. And, and 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 spry and muscular. This is a guy one who has spent his whole life being a bounty hunter, and two mm. has even probably gone through these hardships and living in the desert with these sand people. Yeah, well, what exactly yeah. things that lead themselves to being overweight and out of shape? Sure,
0: I hear, you, man. And, and he does definitely look older. I was going to say, I wonder if the discussion at Disney when they put him in Mandalorian was to de age him a little bit, even if it was just twenty years. You know, I think that might have been a pretty good decision. Because with the technology, you could de-age him. By the
2: way, there there is something that bothered me a little bit, is that uh, I thought that he was bald because of the Sarlacc pit, but it looks like he was bald before he went in there, which is, I don't know why it bothers me, but it does.
3: Mm.
2: I mean... Like, it would have been cool if they took the helmet off and and, and he's only got patches of hair. Sure. And so you understand that, like, some of the... Gastric whatever got into the helmet, and that's why his face fucked up, and he's and he's lost his hair, Mm. like uh, when he went in there. Because if he's supposed to be a clone of uh, Django, Django, yeah, he would have been around about the same age as Django when he went into the Silic Pit, and Django had hair. He wasn't bald. (laughs) He's the
0: bald. He's the bald. He's the bald. Well, he's
2: isn't he like the
0: clone that was going to naturally age or something? Wasn't it? Is that the difference? Yeah, yeah,
2: but but he's still a clone, so it's the same genes. Yeah. So I don't think you would go bald with the exact same genes as the person who did. Oh go.
0: well, I mean, come on, Richard. It's not you know. Again, it's not like
2: it. I said before. I said it. I said it's a little thing. <laughs> it's a now, little thing, but it bothers me. I've
0: got a couple of other things. Uh, so, okay, episode two. You see, uh, both of the you now spoilers, kids. You know, at home, don't get don't get too fucking excited. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some spoilers. And if you if you're so childish and immature that you can't handle spoilers, well. Push it forward five minutes. You know? But if you think you can hack it like an adult, listen on. Um, okay, so the I was very excited when the evil Wookiee from the comics turns up when these two huts come up to the you know, um, Jabba the Huts former palace, which now Boba Fett is, you know, the Damio of, they say. Um, which I believe is the Japanese term for like, um, Warlord or something, isn't it, Rich? Or master or something, or lord. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they, they the two Huts, brother and sister Huts, roll up on the um, you know, they they're carried up sort of on the litter, and the evil. I don't know if you're familiar with the evil Wookie. He's kind of like dark hair, and he's bigger than Chewbacca, uh, and he yeah,
2: black Kristan or something like that. Black Christine, and, and I got very
0: excited on the couch, and I said, "Finally, something good!" And he rolled up, and he looked very menacingly carrying his kind of blaster rifle at Boba Fett. And I was yeah, like, shit's no, really no. popping off now, you know?
2: Yeah, he was introduced in Dr. Afro, which means I have no interest in him.
0: Well, I know, Reg, that you wouldn't feel it, but I was feeling it, man. And I, it was coursing through my body, the excitement. Um, and I think that was just put in there. And I said to my friend Natalie, I said, um, that was there for the fans, a love letter of the fans. And she said, the hardcore fans. I said, very, very true, Nat.
2: Um... Yeah, that, that that was there for the uh, whatever fans actually read uh, the Marvel books. Well, I'd not, read not, not not hardcore fans because I promise you, a lot of hardcore fans like me <laughs> uh, only care about legends. <laughs> the picky fans like yourself, but I, but were you a bit ex- uh, the, I'm a bit the, excited with that question. Kind of I I like to think the people that uh, follow legends are the genuine fans. I know you do. Right? To... Look, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm sorry, but in my opinion, <laughs> Marvel has introduced so little, be, and Disney Marvel has introduced so little in the way of actual like characters. Oh, I'd be,
0: be Kelly Marie Tran's character, oh. Rose. All and, this and shit. And that's
2: why I, I, that's why I said to me, Disney, I, the I don't understand their thinking where they're like, hey, we've got all these fan favorite characters like Mara Jade, Kyle Katarn, Dash Rendar. You know, like we already have built-in fan base yeah. with new characters, so let's use them in some capacity. Instead, they go fuck it all, throw it out the window, flush it down the drain. Yeah, don't care. We're going to make our own, and then the ones you make, no one actually gives a shit about.
0: Yeah, they're woeful. They're they're Ray. They're Finn. They're all the lame characters of all time. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But but look, just visually, like forgetting all that because he doesn't do anything other than look menacing at Boba Fett. That's it. He's just—he's a guard of the huts, basically. Um, and when does Doctor Afra's little fucking adventures happen, man? That's in between. That's around Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back time period, isn't it? So this—yeah, yeah, it's
2: it's it's in it's in the it's in the OT time yeah. period.
0: Yeah. So um, so basically um, that would be this would be after that because this is a few years after Return of the Jedi, I believe.
2: Yeah, this is about five years. Yeah. I believe it is, oh, it is off, give or take.
0: yeah someone should get the fucking calculators out like you know star wars fanatics because answer me this question how old is boba fett supposed to be in the book of boba fett because i've done the math i haven't done the math but i've thought about it and i'm like he can't possibly be like 60 because Django fett and all that no
2: well, okay, well, here's the weird thing, and the, and this is a weird thing about um, Star Wars, right? Mm. Um, I have a theory. In the Star Wars universe, the men age rapidly and the women age slowly. <laughs> really? Well, yes. the reason for that is, think about it this way. Look how much Obi-Wan ages in in 20 years, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Obi-Wan would be in his 40s at, at, at Revenge of the Sith, but really, he was more like, you know, visually
0: 60 plus at least.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. When when you look at like... Um, Alec uh, Guinness. Alec Guinness. I think he was pushing 70. Yeah. When he did that. So my point is, that's a massive... When you look at, at how he aged. But then it's the same with like Boba Fett. I would say that at this point in his life, Boba should only be about... 45? 40, 45 to 50 tops. Yeah. But again, he looks like a character in his 60s. He does. You know, again, yeah. past his prime. But then you look at characters like this Fennec Sean who showed up in the Bad Batch. Right. I'm not familiar with the right. character. And, okay. Well, the Bad Batch takes place right after the uh, Revenge of the Sith or in the Revenge of the Sith time period. Yeah. It's the batch like of clones that don't go bad. Here. It's the
0: batch of clones that don't flip evil, isn't
2: it? Yeah. And she rocks up already looking like she's 28, 29.
0: And where has where she turned
2: up in, Rich? Well, now she's in the Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, oh, which is, is about twenty-five. Who is she? To thirty years later, and you, she still looks like she's like in her thirties. Who is she? And then it's this uh, Fennec Shan, uh, the, the ming Oh,
0: Fennec oh right, she's from that. Oh, I didn't even realize that. So that's yeah, where she's so from. She oh,
2: shows up right. in in the Revenge of the Sith time period, and yet she doesn't look like she's aged that much. In like, what, oh, well, the mean, mean...
0: What's her name? Let's get her name right because I like her as an actress. Um, she's what she's. She'd be in her 40s.
2: Yes, but my point is the character doesn't look like she has aged that much if she made her first appearance as a full fledged adult, mm. probably pushing 30 mm. in the Bad Batch time period. But, but how long? Place...
0: 20, it's 20 years between Avenger the Sith and New Hope, isn't it?
2: Roughly. It's got to be about that because that's, that's about how old Luke is. Luke's yeah,
0: about that's what I'm saying. It's about 19, 20, 20 21. But, so Ming Na Wan. Um, is her name. Ming-Na Wen, sorry, is her name. Um, Let's see how old she is. I reckon she's about 45. She was born in 1963. So she's 50, basically.
3: Yeah?
0: Yeah,
2: but, I'm, but what I'm saying is that she looks like um, in her 40s, right? In the, t- in the TV show. But she is in her 40s. She she's looks, 49. She's a, yes, but my point is she looks like that, but in the Bad Badge, yeah. she still looks like that is my point. It's the same with right. uh, in The Mandalorian when um, oh, uh, Bo Katan shows up yeah. and she's played by Katie Sackhoff, yes. who again is a character in their 40s, but Bo Katan showed up as a full adult in like her 30s <laughs> in the fucking uh, Clone Wars period.
0: Yeah, but can I, to, I hear your point, but can I say this? This is the point in defense of that. Both this Bo Katan character, which I've never even seen, who was in Clone Wars, correct? Am I right? We, yeah okay was animated as was the bad batch animated so I, they're, they're no, taking it
2: doesn't, you know hang on hang on but they are playing they're not playing it they're not kids they're no no adults. but
0: i'm just saying that's how they get away with it because they're basing their character models roughly on those actors i assume in the animated and then when they live action no, cast no,
2: them I, but, I i understand what you're saying but that is completely wrong they could have at least well, what are they going to do? It, I'm telling you, at, they could have like given her some grey hairs. Why
0: would you do that? These? All the Katie Sacker fans would be fucking outraged. They don't want to so age up the character.
2: That's the end of the world though, because Dude, that they is don't what happens that. in Star Wars. In 20 years, you age 40. But
0: they don't want to do that, man. That the only reason they're putting up the on, look, the only reason the Boba Fett looks like he's ready to retire is because Tamara Morrison played him in, like, fucking whatever it was, Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace, uh, way back in the day, in the 90s. And so they're sort of stuck with him now. You know, and he's a well-known actor. But if he... If... If... Just just say if... that Those prequels had been animated, it could have been a completely different situation, is what I'm trying to say. It, the fact is they were stuck with a live-action Boba Fett, who was... Tamara Morrison was probably pushing pushing mid thirties to forty back then, I would say. You know? So I I just feel that's a case. Disney, you've sort of gone, well we're we'll stuck with him because we've kind of gone right into that we, we we replaced the Stormtrooper voices with his voice. Um no no, no
2: sorry I, I can I can I just say something? I completely disagree with you. Okay. okay. Not the first time. No no I, I, I'm I'm sh- I'm sure I just... Dis- when I say I disagree with you, I'm saying I I understand what you're saying and maybe that is what Disney... but Let's be honest, uh, George Lucas has already shown that you can recast. Sure. So just because Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go and get the... You could have found another Maori actor who maybe looks resembles.
0: Oh, they never would have done that, man, because he's still around and he's still a name and he's still in movies and... It doesn't
2: matter. uh, My point is you you got a different actor to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, but Alec
0: Guinness was dead, man. You yes,
2: know? no, but my point but yeah, but you can do it. If you're doing time jumps, sure. If you're going back and forth in time, George Lucas has said has done it, he's like, No, you go and get new actors who can fulfil the role. But I can't think of can... I can't think off
0: the top of my head of any live actors live action that they recast that weren't dead. They did Chewbacca because no. the guy got too sick, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm saying, is Disney's doing that, but I'm saying that Disney is wrong for doing that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. I okay. think Star Wars is one of those things where, because you're dealing with different time periods and stuff, and sure. actors do age, you can go and get a new actor, but you just have to be smart about it yeah. and get well, the Well, right I, I just actor.
0: thought of one they did it with, Solo, the guy who played he, Han Solo. He, like,
2: yeah. So my point is, like, I think Star Wars is lends itself to recasting because you're dealing with different time periods. Yeah, wouldn't worry about it. Because me. you're uh, I, I
0: definitely It would have been... Look, no offence to Tomorrow Morrison, who I actually really like as an actor and I think does a good job here. So no offence to Tomorrow Morrison. He did um, Once Were Warriors. He's been it's some great stuff. I actually think he's a good actor. Um, But it wouldn't have killed me if Disney... Which they never would have done, but just saying, in an alternate world, they had recasted him out of a guy in his mid 40s playing Boba Fett. I would have been quite happy if it was a good actor. You know, I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Now, there is. And one... you know what's
2: something could be really cool is the voice that you give him when he's in the helmet. Mm. You could actually get Morrison to do that voice sure. and, and, and make it that that's the voice that the helmet gives him. I see. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, just a way to have him still be involved. I think there's when, too much without the helmet. The, the helmet goes on, that voice modulator makes it sound like Morrison a bit. Like, I just think you could have done something like that and it would have been cool.
0: I agree. And I will say this, I do think there's too many scenes without the helmet. I honest, because I think... Oh, and, you
2: know? and by the way, because he was in the Sarlacc pit, you could have actually given him scars and all that, so it almost doesn't matter that the actor doesn't look exactly the same. True, true, yeah, true. You know, if you're going to make him bald and cover his face in scars, then the actor doesn't actually even have to look like... Super super like you just close enough to Morrison that the scars can kind of you know, give you the sense that it is Boba Fett. I'm looking Paul at Morrison. some pictures like, of Ming can,
0: Ma... done. I tell you what, Ming Mao Wen is pretty hot back in the day. Like she's still attractive, <laughs> but like you know, I'm just gonna <laughs> take those pictures away because she's pretty fetching. All right, all right, all right. Back to the show, Dave. Okay, now so um all right. I'm enjoying it. I will say though there is one part. It's a small thing, but it annoyed me. So he's oh, with... a small thing, okay. It's small. So he's um, in episode two. He's doing something, or oh, he gets a lizard and he goes on this vision quest, which is actually quite cool. Um, it's when they really bring him into the tribe. But he says something about the lizard. He goes, um, "Crikey, he's a he's a he he's a crikey, he's a something little bugger, like he's a fast little bugger." And he had, you know, Morrison's got the Kiwi accent, and I just thought to myself, "Crikey, he's a fast little bugger." Is that something I ever would have? wanted or expected or hoped Boba Fett would ever say in his entire
2: career no well it's the same in the first episode he said to the guy mate yeah I wasn't a fan of that either wasn't a fan and of- that's why I said I I guess as someone who lives in Australia is next-door neighbors with you know uh, New Zealand and stuff I just having Boba Fett yeah, be so Kiwi mate. Yeah. it's just it's just odd to me
0: I agree. And and that isn't that isn't a slot on Morrison, because I get it. He's, he's you know, doing what actors do these days, which is just playing them fucking selves, you know? I get it. He probably talks like that all the time. But it's acting, and you're playing a character. And when I think of Boba Fett, I'm sorry, I don't think of the shitty fucking prequel, you know, versions. I think of Empire and Return of the Jedi. That wasn't a character that said mate, you know? And crikey. Crikey. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> like, I'm... And, and, that comes down to the director, who should have cut that out, you know, and the editor.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm, well, it, it would
2: be like if Boba Fett sounded like crocodile Dundee.
0: Yeah, I just I thought it was out of place, and I don't know if I'm alone there, Rich. I, some people may argue, oh, it's just Morrison uh, giving him some well, character. You,
2: you're, you're not alone there with me because I've already said this on the show that I'm not a yeah. fan of Morrison bringing so much of of the Kiwi into, um, well. Uh, the character he brings because, out again it's not it's the character is not a kiwi like oh. I don't have a problem if yeah. if we're dealing with a real world person and he's kiwi and sure. you're playing a kiwi but we, we're talking about a galaxy far far away yeah where there are no kiwis well, <laughs> okay. there are no crikey mate like you know and it just kind of it doesn't make it it, it kind of it, it breaks the bubble yep we'll get ready for this especially again especially for me and, and maybe uh, other people in Australia New Zealand because it's just it's something you see every day almost you know what I mean or. You see it quite often that it just it, – it, it breaks the bubble. It bursts the bubble.
0: Well, are you ready for this, Rich? So um, this is, this is going to be something. Now, what's that thing called in rugby? Is it called that the Kiwis do, the All Blacks do? What, is it called the Haka? Oh, uh, it... the, the Haka. Okay, guess what? He breaks that out at the end of season, yeah, episode of two. And, and, and I wasn't even watching it at the time. Michelle goes, oh, how cool. He's brought out the Haka. And I said to her, not cool. You know, mm-hmm. lame actually like and not that I think I think that's awesome in rugby and I get it's a huge part of their culture and everything like that and good luck to them that's great doesn't belong in Star Wars playing Boba Fett I'm sorry like we're just bringing the hacker oh, in wow.
2: now I, I, I do agree
0: yeah I was just like and Michelle you know let's face it um, doesn't normally make too many erroneous comments that was a that was a mistake I, I looked at her and said "Knuckle." Cool. no <laughs> <laughs>
3: Like, you stepped over the line
0: now. <laughs> so, so it's a mixed bag. Um, it's a mixed bag on the Book of Fett. I'm slightly enjoying it more than The Mandalorian, which, frankly, I never really... I, I enjoyed Season 2 of The Mandalorian much more than Season 1, which I felt was very slow and quite boring. Um, but I am enjoying this slightly more. But I, but I do have these little concerns, which I'm glad I've noted. There are some very good moments in Episode 2, though. I think you'll prefer it, Rich. Uh, it's a it's a faster episode. There's some action. They're taking over like a train. Oh, well,
2: I, I believe it's a shorter episode as well okay. in terms of minutes.
0: Well, it, you know, you'll have to wait and see. So, the Fedathon will be back next week, and Rich will have watched episodes oh. two and three.
2: Yeah, and I will say this: the Twilix in the show are absolutely awful.
0: Remind me what the Twilix are? Are they the? Is that the character that's with him on the around the fire that he says, "Do you want me to cut your bonds"? Or is that not a?
2: Twi- no, that's a that's a rhodian. Uh, the yeah. twillex twi- are the ones with the uh, head tentacles. Okay. Oh
0: yeah, the ones that like like the like the second in command to Jabba the Heart originally. That guy.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, they if the, so, if you look at so that uh, Bib Fortuna is the the first basically like the one of the first twillex that you see, mm. other than the dancing girls. But they the, the head pieces are supposed to be much bigger, mm. and they're not supposed to just look like. Humans, right? uh, uh, Wearing makeup, and the two twilix that you see in in the uh, uh, in the first episode is the guy that comes to like um, insult him, and the chick at the casino, whatever whatever bar that he goes to. And I'm sorry, but they just look like humans. Mm -hmm. That, That that's wearing like a fancy. Like weird hat, right? I, I tell you, he looked fantastic. The way, mannerisms, in yeah. the way that they talk. It's just, it's, it's like, it's just humans. Like Twilix are supposed to be like a, a completely different culture. And I believe mm. in the um, in the Clone Wars, the the animated TV show, because they deal with the Twi'leks a lot. Mm. A lot of the Twilix have a bit more of a um, an accent, right? They have, or not quite like a French, but it's it's almost like a European kind of accent. Well, what like about it's an amalgamation of European stuff. And these ones just sound like Americans. And I, it annoyed me. I thought this was the worst Twi'leks I'd ever seen.
0: Well, I'll tell you one. I think she was a Twillick, and I'm a big fan of her work, and so is Michelle Je- Jennifer Beals uh, from yeah, terrible. F- Flashdance and the L Word. I must admit, I thought she looked fantastic, Rich. She
2: uh, is a again, stunner. She looked fantastic, but she didn't look like a Twillick. But what's a
0: Twillick? It's just someone with the little tentacles on their head she's got that man
2: no it's a completely different alien race my friend with their own different <laughs> culture and accents and way of speaking and this is just humans and i mean fucking hell she almost it, her skin color is almost fucking human as well
0: i'm looking at it right now Which it is. makes it even worse there's a Twilix next to her who's like yellow and then there's her with just like human skin
2: yeah it doesn't i'm sorry i just i think they failed yeah. um and a lot of the Twilix, um <laughs> Okay, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I mean, a lot of Twi'leks Twilix have sharp teeth. Right, <laughs>
0: really? Okay. Yeah. Careful, 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 ladies.
2: <laughs> well, I think they—I think they did the Twilix a little bit better in the Mandalorian than in
0: right. the show. Okay. So Richard's not happy with the Twilix, but um, no. I was no. happy with Jennifer Beals, who I do like, um, turning up. Um, I tell you what, she, she's aged well. She ages like fine wine, frankly. You know. She's she's older than me, Rich. She's got to be in her fifties. I she know, but fantastic.
2: but but let's see with all uh, without the makeup on first.
0: <laughs> I, I don't need I mean, it. Oh. She, hey, but she's wearing a lot of makeup. I, I, the, I tell you the what, if she wanted different. to spend a night with me with the makeup on, I'd say knock yourself out, love. You don't need to take the makeup off for me. You know, it's part of all a lure, Rich, just like a stripper or something. Oh, you know, like the me. tricks, the tricks of the you know the women's little tricks and stuff, little mysteries.
1: You know, don't look too awesome
0: closely stuff. sometimes, my friend. You know. <laughs> You don't need to know all the ins and outs of what's going on, man. They they've got their own their own techniques of seduction. Well, et I wish well,
2: put it this way. I wish it was a better twillick. <laughs> yeah, Richard's, Richard's, Richard's not happy with
0: her. Jennifer Beals. You're not a good enough twillick for Richard.
3: Uh, um, no, sorry.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Okay. So moving on from Book of Boba Fett and Fetathon which is our new segment, which we're going to have weekly now, because Spinning the wheels now on hiatus, because Wheel of Time on hiatus, so we can stop spinning the wheel, and we're now back to Fedathon. Um, do you like the title, by the way, Rich? Very good. Thank you. Very impressive. Now, uh, some sad news, but also some news that I want to dig into. Comic Book Men star, and I use that word very loosely, um, from the show Comic Book Men, Robert Bruce, found dead in the New Jersey storage unit he called home. That is one bleak headline, Richard. Um, he called a storage unit home. He was uh, like the valuer, the appraiser, I believe, on Comic Book Men. Um, and he's cashed out. Um, do we know the details, Rich? Have you kind of checked the sources, what's going on there? Um, no, can... no, no,
2: I have no idea. What... I'm sure he probably just died from a bad ticker or something.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: He I... was, wasn't a spring chicken.
0: How old? 60? Oh, easily. Am I the only one? I mean, I don't mean to go dark, but am I the only one speculating it could be a suicide? I—that's what I thought. When
2: uh, it... I'm sure that they maybe would have announced that.
0: No, uh, they're often cagey with suicides, though. You know, uh, no, you know, not considered foul play, all that kind of stuff. You always get. Yeah, he was sixty-two. Sixty-two. What was he doing in a storage facility, though, Rich? Um, was this According just the that's where he lived? What, but why? Like, it was a lack of cash. He must have just been hurting for cash. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, I'm just, I'm puzzled by the whole thing. Foul play is not suspected. He was a resident comics expert and pop culturist in 34 episodes and act as consulting producer on 82 episodes. Um, Oh, no, no, no,
2: no. So it was a story facility in a basement unit he used as an office and living space. Right. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. And Michelle's saying she thinks it's very small, like a car spot. You know, I, I'm thinking it's pretty bleak and dark. And I'm thinking, where did the money go as well, Rich? That was a question I had for you, if you recall. And at one point you well, were do you saying... Think
2: do, you think, do you think he's making that much money on uh, comic book men? do you?
0: I would have thought he was making a bit. but Appearances, uh, like...
2: What do you think? Uh, I doubt
0: Anyway, so, and then we go to, so I'm I'm on the story. And it is sad, but I feel there's more to the story than we're being told. Then, um, we had the brother saying on Twitter, um, in response to Kevin Smith's New Year's tweet, he announced the death of the brother. Um, Then Kevin Smith, the guy who cried at Aquaman, you know what I mean? The guy who sobs wildly about everything. Here's his response, Rich, and I want you to dissect this. My condolences, Smith wrote back. I'm truly sorry to read this, John. Um, And then he's got the guy's Twitter tag. Was always a welcome addition to any episode of Comic Book Man, as well as a nice guy. I'll miss Rob. I mean, quite neutral words from Kevin Smith, a guy who's normally all over the place emotionally. I'm sensing, you know, am I the only one sensing sort of slightly passive-aggressive? Maybe it didn't end well between them. You know what I'm saying, like, uh,
2: yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like it sounds like he almost forgot who the guy was. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He didn't realize he was on the show. He was like, "I know that name. I know that I name. I know that uh, name." I'll, I'll, I'll just send my condolences oh, I'm, I'm really
0: sorry to him. hear that. I'm really sorry to hear that. Oh, stay safe. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, it's not. You know, for the same guy who's like sobbing and you know crying and like doing all this and that. All he's all over the shop um
2: anyway yeah, yeah from a guy who can who can cry at the at drop of a, a pin yeah yeah you know what i mean um it, it is very surprising that he's almost like uh oh yeah man sorry to hear that anyway yeah see yeah and, and don't and believe
0: you me i checked out the twitter feed uh and it's just shill 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 after that for all his various projects he's on there's robert bruce's oh, death hasn't left a fucking mark on kevin smith that's for sure you know
2: i don't think comic book men is a thing anymore no, but it was.
0: Um, it was. A, it was a show that no, was.
2: No, my point. is He forgot about the guy once the show
0: was done. Yeah, he 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 just moved on. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's... probably like what? I know that name from somewhere. I know that name.
0: From... I know that name. Yeah, but I the guy, you know I the I, from... I assume the guy. I mean, because they've still got the shop, haven't they? Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash, which uh, I believe it's a massively overpriced shop. Um. Apparently what the the reviews I've read are people saying, My God, he charges through the nose. You know? That
2: wouldn't surprise me either.
0: And there's just shitloads of Kevin Smith paraphernalia in there as well. Um, which oh, does
2: Well, what was it what was the name of his company? Askew?
0: Yeah, View Askew or something. Yeah.
2: View Askew or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure he would have lots of his own merchandise and um, and
0: stuff in there as well, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't mind that. You go to Graceland, I'm sure you can buy plenty of Elvis paraphernalia, but, but um, anyway, I just... I'm uh, just,
2: i I'm pretty sure Elvis was just a little bit bigger than Kevin Smith,
0: though. I totally agree, yeah. No, I, I just felt it was a very lukewarm sort of comment from Kevin Smith, and it didn't go unnoticed by me, who was monitoring the scene, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So we'll stay on the story, but yeah, he cashed out. And I am a bit surprised that a guy who was telling us when to buy and sell did wind up living in a storage unit, Rich. That tells me he made a few bad trades. Am I right?
2: No, not necessarily.
0: What do you mean? Come on, Richard. If if you know how to read the market, you know um, buy low, sell high. A few bad things have worked out. Are you? What are you saying? Are you saying potentially?
2: Not all, not, uh, not all rich people live in mansions. Not all successful people they don't live well, in storage I units mean, my point is just because he can assess the value of something doesn't necessarily mean that he's a he could be more of a frugal guy mm. and uh you know maybe all everything he valued was in his fucking story shirt, which is why he lived in me well
0: rich i can tell you this much there's a funeral GoFundMe fund set up so there wasn't even enough money to pay for the funeral so that's the kind of state of affairs the guy was in if we want to be honest about it you know what i'm saying
2: but no just because you can value something doesn't mean you're rich. No,
0: I know, but like, doesn't come on! If he's if he's double. if you he's a mover and shaker done. in the market, I would anticipate this guy knows how to buy copies of this, flip them for higher. Like he's doing all those kind of moves. What's the point otherwise? You know, like no, that's
2: that's he's, what he's doing. Uh, but he's not there. But he's not there to buy. He's there to appraise the people who own the stuff. So you're hey, once saying he tells he's... Them the value, yeah? Then they go off and sell it. I mean, how, how is he supposed to steal it from them? Or what? what
0: What is he getting a percentage?
2: I'm, I don't know. What I don't know. am <laughs> assuming he was getting paid from the show to to appear on the show, or whatever.
0: Sure, sure. Well, uh, anyway, it's it's a sad story. It's another fucking sad day. Another sad story in Hollywood that winds up dead in a storage facility. It's certainly not how I'd like to go out and be remembered by. You know, dying in New Jersey storage facility. That's not what I want on my gravestone.
2: Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you will be remembered, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be remembered. I mean,
2: you, know, if, you went, if you went out peacefully in your sleep, not many people would remember that, especially well, if you're not super famous. Well, he
0: allegedly did go peacefully in his sleep. Allegedly. Although, I'm saying is there more to the story.
2: Though? Yes, but the whole point of him living in the in the storage unit is what will be noteworthy. And yes. And make can be remembered when people talk about it. That's
0: true. All right, moving on. Nicholas Cage says he was marginalised in the studio system, Rich. What do you think about that? That, that, that He felt they were always getting into play a certain way. He didn't have enough nuance. Um, I don't
2: know. I guess. Right.
0: Like, they always wanted Nicholas Cage rather than Nicholas Cage playing a character is kind of where he was going.
2: Well, I mean, then maybe... You shouldn't have uh, allowed yourself to become bankrupt and have to take any movie role, no matter what.
0: <laughs> yeah, the tax, the tax issues. I mean, surely now he's solvent. He's done so many movies by this point. I mean, how how many more of these? Yeah, but
2: now but now he's just a me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like even if he is solvent now, even if he is in the in the black.
0: Yeah, you know,
2: um, it's too late now.
0: He sold himself he's so become, many times.
2: Yeah, he's he has become himself, Nicolas Cage.
0: I will say he has done some interesting movies recently. Um, that he did that one. Um, oh god, it was like really Lovecrafty. And there's a movie called Pig, which a lot of people are looking at. There's a sequel to Bad Lieutenant that he did like a long time ago, ten years ago. That I really enjoy. Uh, Bad Lieutenant New Orleans, I think it is. Um, it's good. He's an interesting actor, but yeah, I mean, I think Nicolas Cage himself is a huge part of his own problem.
2: You know, well, I said even even Al Pacino has become the meme that is Al Pacino. Whoa! All that stuff. Exactly. Like the way he talks now is is, is is he's he's become the caricature.
0: I love Al Pacino, though. You know, they they sort of become exaggerated versions of themselves, don't they? I, I find yeah, Al Pacino well, very I mean, insane.
2: Well, that's what you become famous for.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison so Ford, honest, good dry delivery.
2: If, let's be honest, maybe Nicolas Cage wouldn't even be as relevant or as um, noteworthy or even rememberable if he didn't do all those movies being Nicolas Cage.
0: Yeah, if he hadn't done face-off and been so sort of out there, um, would we remember him? I mean, that was part of his appeal,
2: you know? Um interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but you have to remember he was doing Nicolas Cage before he even went broke. Yeah. I mean go and watch if you want to see like the, the the most famous like early Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, uh I think it's called Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, true.
3: Yeah. There's
2: the one scene where he literally goes through the entire alphabet.
3: <laughs>
2: Do you know what I mean? I mean that is so Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So let's be honest, he was doing Nicolas Cage before like Nicolas Cage was a yeah. thing.
0: No, I hear you. He's, he's always laid it on fairly, you know, cheesily. Um, I enjoy it. By the
2: way, he, he, he can't turn and say that he hasn't got to play different because Con Air, yeah. he didn't play Nicolas Cage in Con Air. He right. played the more silent, southern, tough guy.
0: Yeah, great great movie. Leaving Las Vegas, man. Leaving Las Vegas, what a mm-hmm. film.
2: Leaving Las Vegas. And it, it, There was even the movie The Knowing. I think it was. Yeah. Um, again, he was a very dialed down, almost like just regular role. But about- I, I think you find that the 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 movies that don't have Nicolas Cage in them, I don't think they do as well.
0: What about Ghost Rider? When
2: Nicolas Cage is being like batty yeah. and a bit over the top, his movies become popular because of the the memes, because of the the wackiness of them, not because they're good movies. But it's people. People hear about how wacky and weird or yeah. overacting is, and then people just go and flock to it, and they almost become cult hits because of how over the top.
0: Well, that's what they're is, looking for. I think a lot the of these character. studios are looking for that when they when they hire him for the, a lot yeah. of these director DVD movies or you know director video.
2: What's another movie he did? Uh, something violent. Was it the what was that? Rich, you are dropping out? The uh, the one was with... it's not the violin. It's the mandolin or something. What was it the? Um... Captain
0: Correlli's mandolin, or something.
2: Yeah, that's it. What again? See, he's done lots of movies where he hasn't been Nicolas Cage. Sure. So I'm not sure what he's talking about. <laughs> like, I think, I think it's selective memory. Yeah. No, you could be right there. Rich. I think, I think he's he's trying to play the victim. He's playing the victim. Card. I think he's he, I think he's forgotten that he's actually done movies where he hasn't been asked to be over the top Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And there's quite a few there. I'm just I'm just remembering them as they're coming into my head, and there's quite a few. No, definitely. I mean, he, he's
0: played against type, basically, is what you're saying, and I and, and you are right yeah. there, you know. So, it is what it is, man. Now, we've got a big, big item here, and I want to put it on front and centre page. Um, and this is something that I feel strongly about, but I want to get your opinion. So, Superman was confirmed by a DC writer to have been sexually tortured and raped by the Soviets in a retcon of a world's finest two-parter from the 1980s. And I want to... Uh, I'll, I'll quote from the article where I read this from. Um, I believe it was bleeding cool. Um, okay, so according to 12 Years a Slave, screenwriter-turned-comics-author John Ridley, who I believe also did that future Batman stuff, uh, his decision to pen a story for DC Comics in which Superman is implied to have been sexually tortured during one of his previous Silver Age adventures was made in order to provide commentary on his personal perception that the prevailing culture in this country is when bad things happen to people who are traditionally marginalised, there's this feeling of, okay, we get it, it was wrong, let's just move on. And I want to say firstly, I believe it was in early 80s, World's Finest, which would make me Bronze Age, not Silver Age. But anyway, um, now if you read into it, it was on bounding into comics. Uh, in the original storyline, I've not read the original issues yet, but I read the breakdown. Basically, Batman, and I believe Superman, so both of them are captured by Soviets. Superman's depowered by kryptonite, so he can't fight, and they're sort of held as slaves for a short period of time, you know, and then they break out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And Batman notices that Superman seems to be struggling more because he's not quite as naturally tough as Batman. Now, in in essence, Rich, I want to get your view on this, that... Basically, he did a red and blue storyline, John Ridley, in that red and blue comic um, where Superman goes back to the scene and kind of relives it, I believe. And, yeah, apparently um, this writer saying he was sexually tortured and raped during the – I mean, just saying it makes me starting to feel mad. Uh, how, where are you on it, um, Uh
2: I mean, I don't really care because really? – the the current stuff is not um, it's not the real characters anyway. Sure. Like, I mean, I I don't mean to sound nice, but I, there's not really anyone reading this shit. Yeah. Let let's be honest. There's barely anyone reading this crap, so does it really matter? It's like you know, it's a tree falling in the uh, uh, in the woods alone in the forest. Yeah. Like um, uh, if no one wrote an article about it, probably no one would even know.
0: I wouldn't have known and this article brought it to that's my, that's my point yeah.
2: because no one's reading it yeah, yeah no one's no reading words. that which is why this it has to it has to be an article for people to go what what happened because no one's reading it yeah um and again there hasn't been any fuss about it because no one's probably read the book well, <laughs> exactly. <I don't> the <laughs> sales are it. probably yeah. in the toilet mm. so i mean i i mean I, i'm still trying to wrap my head around his point about the commentary well, what I'm, you just saying, trying to figure yeah. out, I'm trying to figure out how raping Superman mm. is a commentary on when bad things happen to traditionally marginalized. There's this his feeling okay. We get it. It was wrong. Just he's, he's basically saying get that the minor characters.
0: He's basically saying minor characters and potentially minorities get raped, etc. In shows all the time. And they don't spend a lot of time dealing with the consequence because they're minor characters. When he's, flipped, he's, I believe, trying to flip it on his head by raping the biggest character of all, Superman. And
2: I don't, I don't, I don't really I don't. Really get I, don't
0: I, 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 I assume now. Okay, you've got a more nuanced view than me. I honestly think that doing this, raping Superman, is you are raping the country. You're raping the flag, and it's disgusting. Because the appeal of a character like a Superman, like a Captain America is their values, their icon, you know, iconic stature. Uh, this is just it, it's a desperate attempt to be edgy and all it's doing is devaluing the character for no good reason at all. And I think it, also it's cowardly. They've stuck it in this minor title. They've kind of probably hidden it away. Now he's coming out and crowing about it. I very much doubt he was crying about it to the to Warners, you know what I'm saying, or even maybe to his editor uh, but, but
2: you know. this this brings me back to something I've said on the show before, and this is why I've said uh, the reason I don't read a lot of modern comic books today is because a lot of writers today mm. all of them have agendas right sure. this
0: guy's got all one for sure.
2: no no, all they're interested in is pushing the agenda, and here's the problem, yes, people say oh. Comics have always had politics and stuff, and Danny O'Neill, and I go yes, but Danny O'Neill didn't just put his words into any character. Sure, he chose the right characters. Yeah, for him to get his message across, which is why when they did the Green Arrow, he was like, "Hey, Green Arrow is a you know a bleeding heart lefty. Yeah, like me. So this is a character that I could, um, you know, put some of my views in, but also I will make him flawed as well. Mm. You know. He's not right about everything and stuff. I, I will come with it from a balanced point of view. But this is a character that I can maybe say some things that I want to say.
0: And he is very fond I mean? of the, Which is, is very why Didier
2: O'Neill never did that in Batman. So, or when he wrote Superman. He, he, he knew. And that's why I say good writers, even if you've got something to say, if what you want to say is not right for the story or the character, then they generally don't do it. Yep. They'll wait or they'll look for a character that they can... Tell that kind of story, but not today's writers. Today's writers don't give a fuck about actual character. What makes a character? What the character would say, would do? They just go. This is what I want to say, so this character is going to say it. I don't care who the character is.
0: I'm sitting. I agree with you completely. I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I'm getting mad. And I, I, I'm going to make a comment right now. Is it possible to arrest this writer for treason? Because I almost believe that's where he is. He's, he's done something to Superman that I think is just so pathetic and self-defeating and so against the very, f- you know, formation of the character, the, the DNA of Superman. And you've done it for cheap cheap shock value and with no thought at all. You've taken an innocent, world's finest storyline from the 80s, early 80s, and you've tried to come at it with this kind of agenda, tr- trying to make some point that no one can even understand and then you've come out in the press probably a year after it went to print, saying all this shit, and getting it in everyone's heads. And I, no, I, I, I honestly, I'm wondering, is it possible to arrest this guy for treason? Because that's what I think he's done. He may as well get out there and burn the flag in the street, because that's what he's done with Superman. Yeah, and I think well, it's unfortunately,
2: disgusting. no, you can't arrest him. But as I said, um, <laughs> what a shame. Since since we've done this show, sure, I've come to the realization is that um look i'll give my points of view on the shit that annoys me and stuff you know because it's the show and and there's things that we read and watch and review and stuff but when it actually comes to what is as i like to call canon sure the beautiful thing about media i can choose where the canon stops and starts 100 percent, yeah so for me star wars legends is canon this disney stuff don't care doesn't matter whatever they fucking do doesn't matter because that's not that's not the canon it's not real same with the superman for me i've decided that uh i know there's some good stuff but i'm talking about like if i'm going to pick a a point to stop i'm going to stop at new 52
3: Mm
2: -hmm. when the new 52 started that's when dc ended
3: yeah well you know what i mean
2: and 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 everything before that is all canon Mm -hmm. and stuff that i enjoy and i'll go back to and i'll read but generally moving forward from that I'll pick and choose, but it, I, I'll still disregard it. Uh, anything happening right now as actual canon, I totally like, agree. as important or matters, because no one's reading.
0: I've said it before on the show. Uh, there was one.
2: There was one writer who was trying to claim the other day. They were like, "Oh my god, comic sales are up hundred and nine percent." Ha! You all think comics doing poorly, and again, you you read that and you go, "Oh wow, they're doing wow well. and then you go actually look at the actual breakdown, mm. and fucking ninety percent of it is manga. Manga is pretty much up 109%. Not Western comics. They think that they just see, oh, uh, you know, comics or, 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 or you know, like, because manga is comic books. Yeah, they think manga we're fools. They think Japanese we're fools. Word for comics. They think that implies them as well.
0: They're idiots. They think we're fools who can't look at the breakdowns of data, and we can, and they've been exposed as liars before, and they're liars now. And John Ridley, yeah, John Ridley, no. t- take a fucking break. Take a fucking break. <laughs> oh, I've had enough of this guy. He Go back to screenwriting movies and going for Academy Awards or whatever else you want to do. But don't come back to Superman. You've raped Superman
2: and you're out. You're out the door.
0: You know, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. Well, I, well, look,
2: sure. I, it's not on the same level, but you remember when they made Frank Castle, Franken Castle, right? That yeah, was bullshit,
0: yeah, the zombie.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, you, but you've but you disregarded that as canon, correct? Totally, 1,000%. Like in your brain, that never happened.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
2: So it's the same with modern comics today. I just go, yep, none of this is happening. Oh, yeah, and,
0: <laughs> and the fact that he made it... You know what also... I mean, I'll get off this topic because my movie is very very plain. I've said the guy should be arrested for treason. But um, the thing that I find so funny is the cowardice. So he put it in this kind of minor spin-off title. He put it out there. He was quiet as a church mouse. And now, a year later, he's stuck his little head up and he's made these comments. And... Doesn't it scream? Oh, look at me! Look at me! I want some attention, please. You oh know? yes. And oh, but, it's, you but,
2: know. but can I say? But can I say something funny? I just realised something now. Mm-hmm. Where he goes, he goes. When it's bad things that happen, tradition. by blah, blah, the feeling is okay. We get it. It was wrong. Let's just move on. And it's so funny because that is exactly my feeling on this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. It's wrong. It's shitty. And whatever, <laughs> can we move on?
3: Can we just move
2: on? So he, it clearly didn't work on me because I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's shitty. It happened. Can we move on?
0: Exactly, yeah. Exactly. I also, I mean, I also am questioning, was Batman raped as well? Like, because, like, that's the part where I'm like, hey, fuck this guy. He, he's come after Superman. Is he also doing it to Batman? Because if so, he can fuck off, basically. You know, like, I don't mean to oh, be, I be too mean, you know, brutal, but, like, I, really. Well, you would
2: assume that it would have to. Wouldn't I, you? I, I mean, why would, they, why would they only rape one of them? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I really don't know. I hate the storyline that much. Um, okay, moving on. So, uh, <laughs> box art for a new piece of merchandise from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has leaked rich and it appears to confirm a villain not previously seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I'm trying to say the name here. Schumer, Gorath, the Great Old One and Long-Term Nemesis. Just Doctor Strange. Are you familiar with this character? I believe it's the Big Eye.
2: Never heard of. Is is that the
0: Big Eye? I think you're talking about the Eye
2: with the tentacles. That's what I think it is.
0: Yeah, I I think that was that was the picture. That was the picture that was with the. uh,
2: Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. No, I am familiar with the 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 character, as in the look of it. I just never ever remembered that thing's name. That was that character was even in in um, recently
0: a Conan thing recently. If you recall.
2: No, 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 no. I'm not talking about recently. It was actually in the very first Marvel versus Capcom game, I think.
0: It was. You're right. It was actually. Yeah, now that you say that, um, I only know the visual of it. I didn't even know what it was. Was it a villain or something? I can't even remember.
2: Yeah, it is a villain. It's almost like a bit more, it's a bit more, Um, it's a, it's a bit more Lovecraftian, this, you know, yeah. kind of creature when you think about it.
0: I think he's in some Conan stories from back in the day, too. There's some Conan stories that he's actually in
2: as uh, well. I mean, to be, I'll be honest with you. It's not exactly a very original design. Like, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, even the the watcher in the lake looks very similar. To fucking, like, you know, it's just an eyeball with tentacles. It's not exactly the most... Um, no. Unique uh, design. I'm looking at one picture
0: here where he's really insane. He's it's kind of the he's got massive teeth going on as well in the Conan storyline, so called the Second Coming of Shimagoroth. So they've obviously also that's kind of cool though that Marvel had a character that was back in the Conan Marvel stories, but he was also in the Doctor Strange stuff. That's actually cool though doing that back yeah, in the seventies.
2: That, that is a cool little crossover.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So are you excited by his appearance in the movie, Rich?
2: Um, uh, I mean, is it, is it just an appearance or is, it, is he actually the main villain?
0: I don't, I don't know. I, the movie's not out yet. I, I mean, guess. it'd be
2: cool to see him. I don't think he could be the main villain, but I mean, it'd definitely be cool to see it.
0: Yeah. I think oh, so. actually, I've
2: just seen a screenshot. It's throwing a bus or something.
0: Yeah. 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 It's doing something like that. Um, But anyway.
2: Uh, yeah. It doesn't look good in that screenshot, but uh, we'll see.
0: <laughs> but but But, like, we don't know. Like, that's a screenshot from the comics, though, isn't
3: it?
2: No, I'm actually looking at a Doctor Strange two, oh. uh, a glimpse of the villains box entrance from Midson's, and it's a, it's a, it's definitely a screenshot from the movie.
0: Really? Okay, you're looking. I'm going to look. I'm googling this as we talk because I was looking at comic book stuff. I I didn't realize that, that they actually had. Um, well, I'm not seeing anything. All I'm seeing is all this bullshit about. Doctor Strange and, like, titles and stuff. So flick us over the um of the picture and I'll have a look at it while yeah, we're do doing it. all this shit. So, yeah, but anyway, I mean, look, I, I'm up for the villain. This is what I was saying. This is what I want in the original Doctor Strange movie. I, oh, I can see it now. Yeah, okay, I can see it now. Richard. Oh, you got
2: it? Where it's, it's picking up the bus? Yeah,
0: no, it doesn't look good at all. It actually looks terrible. But are we, are we confirmed? Yeah, it, it, it
2: looks okay if it's just the monster that appears that, you know, hmm. is summoned by, like, the main villain, you know. It's just something for him to beat, but... Yeah, I mean, if they, I just can't see that being the actual villain. I think too small. In a comic book, yes. In a in a in a movie, not so much. Just looks too small for me. You know, I would have made yeah, He might bigger. get bigger. Well, he's not that big in the. Oh, but in the comics, I think he's got different sizes. He Well, he's bigger than Conan
0: thing I saw. He looked fucking enormous. Like his mouth is also going on massively. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're looking forward to that now. Also. Uh, to play Josephine um, opposite Joaquin Phoenix, Napoleon, in the Apple epic kit bag. There's been a new actress uh, confirmed because the original actress, Rich, quit um, from, from it. I don't know if you're familiar with this. So Ridley Scott, who did recently, what did he do recently, Rich? He did The um, Last Jewel. The Jewel. And he did that House of Gucci thing. Oh, um, uh,
2: that looks terrible.
0: And now Vanessa Kirby is coming. I'm actually looking forward to watching that. Vanessa Kirby is the new actress who's going to play Empress Josephine, and Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon, which I think is an interesting bit of casting. I'm actually quite ex- I love a Napoleon story, so I'm kind of interested to see what this will be about. The film is an original and personal look at Napoleon Bonaparte's origins and his swift, ruthless climb to Emperor, viewed through the prism is vindictive addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. And I think it's got a horrible title, Kitbag. What a what a crap title. Like, nothing about that title tells me it's a Napoleon movie, you know?
2: Especially if it's supposed to be an epic.
0: I just think Kitbag, like, really, really? That's the best you could do? Like, that is
2: the best they could do, yes.
0: Terrible. <laughs> no, I actually think that deserves mention on a worst ever title. For a for a movie like to do a Napoleon movie and not have the word Napoleon in it, I think's a mistake in the first place. You know, um, I don't know. I'm just I would have called Napoleon and Josephine, frankly. You know, I would have I would have kept it real simple. I sometimes think they over they overthink things. You know.
2: Well, yeah, or try and be too clever.
0: Yeah, I just I just think that's just awful. Uh, now we had this this person, Rich, and I asked you before we did the show, Vita. A-A-L-A. Vida Ayala. Vida Ayala. Thank you for the pronunciation. I must admit, never read a comic of her, never knew she existed ever until today.
2: Keep it it that way, man. Keep it that way.
0: Never heard of her in my life until today when Vida Ayala stuck her head out and made some comments, Rich, which I think we want to go into here. So Vida Ayala, I'm looking at her right now, um, says, no cis dudes... CIS should apply for associate editor position at Marvel. Um, and she did, oh my god, she did Nubia and the Amazons, Rich. Oh my lord. Um, right.
2: she, she has done that terrible Children <laughs> of the Atom. Right. Where she basically uh, uh, created a black female gambit, mm. white female cyclops, black uh archangel mm. fat white jean gray but a guy right Jesus. and and but they're not actual mutants apparently i think it's their costumes again anyway it's absolute it fucking, bullshit. fucking woeful so, her stuff is pretty fucking terrible. uh terrible it is terrible uh, she's done the static season one as well which was rose um she's working on new mutants now i believe or something. she is such a hack writer i do not understand how she keeps getting okay i shouldn't say i don't know so she keeps getting work i don't understand she keeps getting herself on high profile books like you know she's not working on like B, C, D list characters she keeps getting like
0: let's get to what she was talking about so we you know i don't even know You, you at least know who she is so um there was a job description on disney's website which is now removed saying marvel entertainment is seeking a pop culture expert to join Marvel Digital Media in the role of an associate editor, Re- responsible for the creation and content of content creation and curation of content on Marvel.com. The associate editor must be an expert in the Marvel Universe with deep knowledge of Marvel characters across comic books, video games, and more. In addition to the larger universe, larger universe of fandom, and so she put out: Black and brown people, especially femme people, please apply. And um, and then she was having a cry because people were saying, well, you know, what about, you know, other people other than that? Um, here's another... How about...
2: Quote. Here's a novel idea. How about the, just, just the best person for the job? Here we go. Wouldn't that be nice? He,
0: how about this one? Here's, here's, here, here, here's, here's a tweet from her. Black and brown people, queer people, people that are not cis dudes and any combo of the above. If you are even a little curious about being an associate editor for Marvel, click through apply, you are needed. And then she's just, she tweets, bigots love, loathe the idea of black and brown people, queer people, non-cis dude people, and any intersection of the above, apply for this job. They extra despise that I, and this is oh, the next Rich, an Afro-Puerto Rican trans non-binary person who works in the industry, am encouraging the above to apply. So okay yeah. she re- wow
2: well, b- by the way th- this is the sort of person she is right this is how she refers to herself queer afro latinx latinx right <laughs> i can hate that word writer out of new york city where they live with their wife and cat sons
0: Jesus.
2: like my, my god how pathetic does that sound
0: <laughs> very
2: it just cat sounds sons, like it, seriously it, like it, grow up it sounds fucking like- great she's 36 years old yeah grow up yeah. You're almost 40. Grow up, men.
0: Well, she's one of these people who's who's so By the way, she's 36 so but looks 12. They're so progressive rich that they've sort of flipped themselves over that many times like contorting themselves in every possible position. I mean, look, I've said it so many times on the show. We run a pro LGBTQ podcast, but but this thing where they're like on oh, non cis white dudes only, like it's like fuck off like you know, just stop using these. Uh, you know, using these terms, throwing them at people, telling people they shouldn't be getting hired. Like, calm the fuck down. How about people just well, apply, and Marvel make their fucking decision? You know, well, that's
2: as it. I said, this this is my problem with this, as they call it, the woke culture right now. Right? Sure. Is if you see everything as race, mm. then you can't help but be racist. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And and they seem to get upset when you say I'm colorblind or I don't see colour, right? Because they get angry because they're like, no, you have to acknowledge colour. And you're like, yeah, but that's called being racist. If I if I look at someone and they happen to be a color, and so I predetermine based on sure. you know what profiling. you tell me, then yeah. that means I'm judging them because Basically, of the colour of a pro- skin. That's
0: a form of profiling anyway, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: That's my point. That. Like just because they see it as a good, mm. that's what I said. Racism, oddly enough, does not, is it doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative. Like, you know, if you said, uh, you remember the old, like, uh, uh, cliche, the old trope, like, oh, Asians are good at math. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's technically a, a, a compliment if you, it's a positive, right? Sure. You're good at math. Yeah. But it's still racist. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, it's, yeah.
2: That's my point. These it's people don't understand. I don't care whether you feel like you're doing it for positive or whatever. Racism is racism. Well, I'm not a fan it, of um
0: it, I'm not a fan of I don't know whatever you call it but that's sort of like filtering of who should be getting the positions, quotering yeah. and stuff. Uh, it's a slippery slope is all I'm trying to say. No,
2: as I said, I best person for the job always. And you know what? I don't care who the best person for the job is.
0: do not you? What, if what, they are the most yeah. if
2: they're the most qualified, that's all I care about. If they can yeah. do the job right, that's all I care about. As I said, I don't care if you're black, brown, gay, Trans, if you write good comic stories and you mm. treat characters with respect mm. and you know what you're doing, I don't give a fuck who you are or what you do.
0: Yeah, I tend to be the same. Because
2: you will, you give me good stories, that's all I care about. I, tell you I what, care about the work.
0: I hear you, man. What worries me is this kind of example that she's setting. There is a very vocal, small but very vocal contingent on the internet that really, I think, think they're a lot more powerful uh than they actually are and are just constantly demanding like organizations to fill their every well, whim you know and it's just well, like here's the problem
2: they yeah. actually here's the thing they are minority but they actually are powerful mm. because they are getting into positions are, of power they, they are, are getting hired by these companies mm. and then they rot it from the inside out
3: yeah
0: it's a it's it's interesting like, I don't necessarily, I mean, I definitely think they deserve a spot at the table. For sure they do. But I, I, I question the need to feel it. No, no, no. See, it I, with I, si- I si- see, I
2: disagree there with that comment where you say, I feel they deserve. No, I don't automatically feel that they deserve if they've earned the spot.
0: Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking, happy, in, I'm generalizing. A, I'm generalizing over society. Like, their voice is a voice and deserves to be recognized. But I'm questioning the need for it to be so many kind of thing. And,. Uh, like everything needs to be filled. It's it, it's like we we got the message. We you know you don't need to keep hammering the point home every single time, every single conversation. It gets a little monotonous. Like let's like how about we focus on actually turning it into some decent work? Because I have exactly. read a couple of her comics and I've only read a couple, and they were for the show and they were atrocious. Um, but that said many people of many different genders and races have written bad comics. So that's not exclusive to her. Um, I'm, just, I'm just sort of, I'm a bit more relaxed, but I, I question but, this but, whole thing but, where but, she's but, like non-cis white people only. Like, you know.
2: Yes. But you know, what's so funny is if you go back 20, 30 years, mm. the writers that continuously did bad comics didn't keep getting work.
0: No, that's true. They were drummed out in the industry. You know? Yeah.
2: Somehow in today's age, you can fail upwards.
0: Well, there's, that's why there's so much. Um, that's why that every single rider plays the PC card so hard at Marvel uh, because it, it obviously is a badge of honour and a badge of acceptance, and they they flash that card constantly and they contort themselves over into every single position. And it's just it must be exhausting to have to try to stay on top of it because it, it's it, the goalposts are forever changing and it's it's a pointless. Oh, yes. It's a pointless task, and um, only someone like her who has gotten herself into a position where she's like, oh, "I cover so many categories," you know, she must feel like I'm almost untouchable. You know what I mean? Like because she's like, "I tick so many boxes." Oh, I'm I'm yeah. sure
2: she does feel because her sales have been in the toilet, yet she keeps getting work. Yeah, so she must feel and she must feel untouchable.
0: A day will come though. There's going to be a reckoning um, when it comes to the the backlash. Isn't always just extremists like. The backlash can be felt by, you know, the mainstream themselves, people like myself who are pretty much centrists who sort of think, you know what, I'm not interested in a lot of the product they're putting out and the the agenda's being pushed so hard. I'm not against a bit of politics, but I I don't need it to be pushed so hard all the time, flip it all, fuck it all, burn it all down. Like, you lose a lot of people when you start doing that in the sort of mainstream and at a certain point, they have to sell comics, let's face it. And if they're creating characters that aren't catching on, um, if they're creating like 200, 300, 400 characters and only one or two catch on, that's not a very high rate of return. You know, that's, that's, that's where I look at it. So interesting. The Bean Cowles will be looking at her books. And, um, and and by the way, that position has all been already been removed from Disney. And it will be interesting to see if there's any pushback. But, but it, she probably right now feels fantastic because she's got a name up in lights. Um and, you know, she's got people talking about her and everything else. So she's probably feeling like, you know, I've um achieved something, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, when these people throw their stuff out on Twitter, they're basically fishermen looking for a bite.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, now, turning to some other news, Ralph Fine stated in a recent interview that Sam Mendes, uh, who was the original or one of the early directors of the last Bond movie before he moved on, he wanted to turn M into a villain, Inspector. So, if you Inspector was the movie before the last one, time no time to die or time to die, whatever it was called, um, yeah. And he wanted to turn M. M is the. Am I right in saying M is the? Is he the chief? He's the head of it. Yeah, he's
2: the he's the boss. So he
0: replaced uh, Judy Dench. Yeah. So no, right?
2: M has always been played by a different actor.
0: Throughout oh. the James Bond years. No, I know that, but but wasn't that the character that Judi Dench played when she was killed in Skyfall?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, M is uh, is the code. It's like Q has been played by different.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, no. What I'm saying but, is, yeah, yeah,
2: M, yeah, M is the leader of the leader um... of the
0: organization, the M.I.C. Yeah, you
2: know, but that, but that's why I say the 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 Daniel Craig sh- shit is is are terrible James Bond movies because they 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 kind of almost they 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 fuck up the timeline and. and you know, because the whole point is that, like, just how like James Bond is supposed to be the same guy, mm. right? But different actors. M is supposed to be the same guy, but different actors. Sure, but I like and Judy. Q is supposed to be the same guy with different actors. Having now M be like a code name, and uh, I don't know. It just it. Uh, I, I just think it because uh, then you have to now look at it and go, oh, so then all the James Bonds are actually different people. Well, if, you, if you
0: think too hard about it, it falls apart. But anyway, my point is, I, I'm glad that he wasn't turning into a villain. Because he's the head of the organization, who always gave James Bond his, his you know missions and stuff, um, over the many years, not just this Daniel Craig, but like many years. And you're right, Emma has been played. I don't even know who played it before Judy Dench, but plenty of people. Yeah, um, and I'm glad that. I hate it when they do that. They did that with the Mission Impossible movie. The, you won't remember this, but the very first Mission Impossible movie, they made the character. That was the head. Martin Landau's character was the head of Mission Impossible, a bad guy. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but they made him the bad guy, and he was the guy who'd always given the missions.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, yes. Yeah, it's That it's, is correct. Yeah. I,
0: and I hated that then, and I, I you know, I would have hated it if they did it to James Bond, which is, you know, it's kind of like a bigger sort of thing and it just would have, I think, been a portrayal of the, of the character. That's what you do when you're running out of ideas, kind of thing. Unless it's there in the inception, because then it can be brilliant. If you do a slow burn over movies of that, that can be done so brilliantly. But when you take a character that's been around for 50 years giving James Bond missions and then just flip it and go, oh, he was just a traitor all along, I'm like, that's lazy storytelling. It's a, that's shock value storytelling.
2: Yeah, but again, I don't care about these James Bond movies. So
0: I know I, I like Skyfall and I like Casino Royale.
2: I, I they, again, they all they all ended with Pierce Brosnan. So what can wow. you do?
0: You don't like Casino Royale? I no, loved, I loved Casino Royale.
2: Wow, thought it was pretty terrible.
0: Jesus, really? Mm. <laughs> terrible. That's harsh.
2: I can see what. No, I can honestly after they made that movie, I can see why the studios never made that movie. It's right. not the best James Bond. Uh, uh, book.
0: It was just the first one. I, think. I
2: know it's. I know it's the first one. But again, he was still finding his footing. Sure. And even Ian Fleming has said that he, he that that was not his best one.
3: Yeah.
2: It's when he was still figuring the character out. But it's the reason why Casino Royale was never made into a movie. Out of all the and in fact, even when they got to like Timothy Dalton, and Pierce Brosnan, they started making their own stories. Yes. Is because it was just not a good. It wasn't the best James Bond story, and that's why none of the studios. None of the people wanted to turn it into a movie until they came to Daniel Craig. So hmm. that should tell you all you need to know.
3: I mean, I I, I
0: liked it. I, I must admit, I'm the opposite. I, I thought it reinvigorated the franchise. I mean, I enjoyed all the Pierce Brosnan movies. I, I oh, no.
2: As I said, Casino Royale is where they turn James Bond into a brute.
0: Sure. It is a, it is a much colder interpretation of the character.
2: Yeah, he's basically um, a thug in that. Honestly, yeah. he just comes across as just like a, a, th- a thug uh, following all. Or- you know what I mean? Like sure. the fun thing about James Bond is he look he never followed orders. Yeah. Do you not like I mean, yes, he did his mission, but he was flippant about it. You know, he would change you know, he, um he he would change it on the fly or sure. he would adjust the mission, he would, you know, make his own judgment calls and stuff and all that. Um and, and he did it with charm and then of course the you know, the classic whenever M or them were trying to get hold of him or Q, he's busy, you know, <laughs> betting the, yeah, yeah. the Bond chick, mm. you know, ignoring them. And in this one, he's almost like a good soldier following orders, uh, like a weapon. He's just a weapon. They point yeah. him and oh, then he gets the job done. That's true. I enjoyed no, that. You know, I enjoyed that, though. They no, did. I didn't. No, that's not James Bond, char- man.
0: They gave him a bit of character as well, though, man. They they they. they that, did no, they that's really lacking was. character. Uh, see, for me, though, I have had so much of the charm, which I agree is great, in all the Roger Moores and, and, and Sean Connery and all that, but... I felt that with Daniel Craig, at least when they did it well, I liked that they went a bit sort of darker and they peeled a few layers off him and you got to see a bit more inside him. I liked that and the violence of him. I, I like that stuff. We, we,
2: we, I think, for, you know what, forever and ever until our death bears, we will completely disagree on this.
0: Oh, no, I <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. Uh, but someone we don't disagree <laughs> on is our sponsor Manscaped and how fantastic their products are and the lawnmower 4.0 rich, which um, we've been using. I've definitely definitely been using a lot. Um, I've had compliments from my girlfriend, what can I say? And, <laughs> you know, like uh, keeping the hedges trimmed downstairs, uh, I use it on the back, I use it on the foot, uh, all sorts of areas that I'm using the the, the Manscaped uh, Lawn Mower 4.0. Now, Rich, I do want to remind listeners, if they go to manscaped.com and type in the word Signal, S-I-G-N-A-L, they can get 20% off and free shipping from Manscaped when you order the Loma 4.0. Rich, have you been using yours?
2: It's fantastic. Well, I'm glad. It's uh, it's quite it's quite smooth.
0: It is quite smooth. And also, Rich, um, you got, as well as the main shaver, you got the one too for the nose hairs because my nose hairs have – it's forever been a problem for me. I, I've always had I'm a very hairy person, I realise now. And um, <laughs> and like my ears and my nose have never been they've never been better than they are right now. This man this man um, scaped product have really revolutionized whole elements of my life. Like I never thought I would get to shave my feet. Like my feet now are nicely shaved. And you know, I've got like hobbit feet and the like I would say since I've been 18, I've been wanting to use stuff like this, and now I am. And um, I'm loving it. I think it's fantastic. And really, I mean, to keep it, to get everything you know, clean and tidy downstairs, the ladies appreciate it. That's all I can say. And, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're pleasing them. Well, at least
2: at least one lady appreciates it. <laughs> well, that's exactly right, Richard.
0: Very true. But I'm generalising for the female population. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> but I, 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 I take the barometer that I've tested it with, It has been received very favourably. And I do encourage our listeners to go to manscaped.com, use the signal code S-I-G-N-A-L and get 20% off and free shipping for your product. Do it. I love it, Rich. Scotch and cola, do it, do it, do it. And thank you to Manscaped. We do deeply appreciate having them as a sponsor and we hope the relationship continues for a long time. And I hope all our listeners, uh, you know, and if your girl's listening, get it for you guys. There you go. I mean, you know, get them to tidy up. Get them to get them to clean up their act. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, now, uh, as we turn to our next thing, Rich, there's a big rumour. Adam the Computer brought this to me late one night, and I saw it reported afterwards. The rumour is the Flash movie is going to remove the Snyderverse from the DCEU continuity. Um, now, obviously that means, you know, Man of Steel, Just Sleek, Zack Snyder's Just Sleek, Batman Superman, all those movies, everything, is going to basically be retconned by this Flash movie. Um, Do you believe it, Rich? Do you buy it? Do you think it's happening?
2: So here's the thing. Hmm. Uh, Yes and no. It's basically going to be New 52 all over again. Okay. By that, I mean it's going to be a quote-unquote reboot, but we're going to keep some of the stuff. For sure. Like
0: Wonder Woman, for example, I'm sure they'll keep. And Aquaman. And Aquaman, yeah?
2: You know, so what they're going to do is they're going to basically say the Aquaman movies are canon. Mm-hmm. The Wonder Woman movies are canon, but the Justice League movies not. Sure. And, and, and probably the Superman movies are not.
0: Yeah, because we're going to recast and... Superman and...
2: Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it, obviously, they're going to move forward because they're still making the the, the second Aquaman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's going to, you know, I'm sure they they're still going to be working on the third Wonder Woman, this Flash movie, and from the sounds of it, if it does well, they'll probably want to stick with Esmeralda. So they can't exactly get rid of all of it. Mm. So it's going to be a soft boot where yeah. they're going to say some of it is, stays and is canon, and the rest is gone. So like New Fifty Two, it's basically Warner Brothers' very own New Fifty Two.
3: What,
0: where does it leave Batman is where I'm thinking? Because Batman, played by Michael Keaton, turns up. We know that Ben Affleck turns up. Um, what about Robert Patterson? Will he turn up, do you think, as a hidden casting? And will they move forward with Robert Patterson in a sort of interconnected... I really hope. I hope not. Well, isn't the rumour that Matt Reeves' Batman takes place in a completely separate, enclosed universe? That is the rumour.
2: Yeah, uh, Correct, yes. This, yeah. this is not tied to
0: anything in regards to what they do in... So they in could cast a different game. Batman, basically, and move forward with that. Uh,
2: look, you know what, Warner Brothers, let's let's be honest, just fucking make 20 different Batman movies all in different timelines with different actions. <laughs> That's all you want to do anyway.
0: <laughs> I know, I'd like it. Um, <laughs> so where does it leave uh, Black Adam, for example? Something like Black Adam, which is which is coming down the pipe. this Well, Shazam again, Black movies.
2: Adam hasn't come out, and he's going to be fighting the Justice Society, so he can easily fit in with the new canon. Because right, it, it, it it's not set in the same time period. Gotcha. That's just how like the Wonder Woman stuff can still exist because it happens in the past. So they can still have it that um um but she all turns that up stuff in the prison,
0: But she turned up in the present. But she turned up in no, the present. No, no, no. But Superman. my point is,
2: her movies can stand by themselves.
0: Yes, right. Her
2: movies don't need the Snyderverse because yeah. one happens in World War One and the other one happens in the 80s. Yeah. Which completely predates the Snyderverse, so uh. um, her movies can stand. in. And, and honestly, the Aquaman movie pretty much almost makes no reference mm. to the to the Snyder Justice League movie, really. So, oh, hardly any. Yeah, you know they can kind of still stand on their own. So, all
0: right. So it's it's a, it's only a partial sweeping of the board, probably cleaning would up Superman and, Superman and Batman up, probably more than anything.
2: Oh, uh, they'll the they'll, they'll definitely recast the the. I don't think Ben Affleck will obviously be the Batman anymore, and from the sounds of it, Henry Cavill probably won't be the Superman. So, uh, oh, but again, there's also the rumor that they actually not going to go ahead with a new Batman and a new Superman. They will be in fact be replacing them with Batgirl and Supergirl.
0: Right. But do you really? I mean, they could bring those characters in, but do you really think they're gonna like launch that for the, all the movies moving forward? That is Batgirl and Supergirl. I don't
2: think. No, so. but I think it's a it's how they'll do it is that they'll have their Rob Pattinson Batman, mm. and then they'll have Batgirl in the the new universe mm. until they maybe decide after the Pattinson stuff if that goes ahead. If they are going to make the three movies, then maybe if they want to bring a Batman into the world, mm. and from the sounds of it, you know. Uh, they don't want to do Superman, so they're going to keep with the Supergirl that they introduce in in the Flash movie.
0: I don't understand their reluctance to do Superman. I, I That's what I don't get. I, they seem to have a real problem finding... Like, I don't think it's that hard. I think there's a lot of material out there that you could do a movie of Superman. I, I don't actually see it as that challenging, really. I, I,
2: well, I think it's because, I'll be honest with you, I don't think studios know how to do the... Um, the 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 simple americana anymore mm. you know what i mean like um but they do it on the tv and stuff like it's not like they do well that's what, what i said I, i'm hoping yeah but again is getting the right people who can actually do it is mm. my point like cw is is kind of doing it and to every like a lot of people they're surprised is this this very like you know, uh, Clark and and Lois living on the farm with their two kids mm. has uh, has done very well. It mm. seems to be a fairly popular show. Mm. Um, so it shows that people do want your classic Superman, but TV and movie very different. Mm. They are, different but people. like you know, that's done by CW. And guess what? CW ain't going to be doing the movies. Thank God. I mean, that show's good, but I don't want CW doing movies. No. Um but. uh yeah the movie division is run by different people so yeah. maybe those people running the movie division just don't know what what uh you know the uh the americana feel is anymore what makes a a character wholesome and classic and good
0: yeah uh, look it, it just surprises me that you I can't mean,
2: find fuck the sex, we've got all. writers uh, in dc uh, raping superman so yeah
0: <laughs>
2: you know uh do you want that in the movies <laughs>
0: That that's the danger. I think that I, the problem isn't that I, I. I think there's plenty of people who could do it, but it feels like the ones they always turn to, uh, th- they've sort of been brought up in that take where it's like it's got to be darker, you know, you know what it's well, got to be. They they'll either say that or it's got to be Christopher Reeve. They they just don't. They're very sort of like to me. I I feel they're very sort of um. Blink it and almost simplistic and how they look at it it's it's well, you
2: know can i can i say something i actually I, I don't know what it is but i was trying to think about this the other day because i was watching because uh, i've been watching chuck right mm. and i think chuck came out in 2011 yeah it was around then yeah. or, no, or was it 2007
0: it was around no, 2007 then, and it yeah. finished
2: in about uh 2012 or something like that mm-hmm. i think or or 2013 anyway i can't think of any a lot of modern shows today that are just good wholesome Hmm. uh uh, stuff that's like everything seems to be like dark today or or different or different levels of darkness i don't feel like you're like in the 80s like everything was like you know the good guy sure you know what i mean like um black and white good and bad all that sort of stuff now i'm not saying everything has to be like that but what i'm saying is that if you go back if you come now 2016 2021 Hmm. in that five-year period the shows that seem to be, like, your popular stuff is, like, your your Boys, your um, mm. uh, Breaking Bad, your Sopranos, your uh, Game of Thrones, you know. Uh, mm. It's all this darker mm. stuff with no, like, classical good guys. Like or, Ozark
0: and stuff like that.
2: Like You, you know, yeah. or just that wholesome, which I kind of feel is missing. Like, you need a balance, and I feel like there's an imbalance at the moment. So, you could argue that maybe the 80s, the imbalance was there was too many mm. Uh, clean-cut good guys, but now you you kind of, um, and and I think maybe the 90s, early 2000s, was a good kind of almost balanced a little bit, it would see saw a little bit, but right now I just think it's it's now just gone the other way where it's imbalanced towards the darker spectrum.
0: Well, partly that is because more complicated characters, uh, characterizations as well, like you know in TV.
2: I don't, I, I, can I be honest with you? I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a crutch where people go, oh yeah, but if it's just a classical good guy, it's not nuanced or it's not, you know, interesting. It's like, yeah, it is. You can, that, that to me is a, is you saying that you're not a good writer. Well, I'll tell you a a show that a a person who says that I can't write a nuanced character. If he's just a classical good guy, I'm like, well, then be a better writer. (laughs) I'll
0: tell you a show that had a classical good guy, but had nuanced characters with rocket files. You know, very good yeah, writing. What, yeah, very good writing. Jim Rockford was a was a good guy with with some rough edges and had some rough friends, but like in essence, was 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 an all American good guy played by James Garner. Um, and but yet, it was a very nuanced show and had plenty of um, you know yeah. quite, quite well, deep characterization.
2: Uh, another nuance was Maverick.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know,
2: he's a bit of a rogue. He's a bit of a scoundrel, but he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's interesting. You know.
2: I'm just saying. I think you need to have a a, a good balance. Mm. I don't you can't know, you but... can't go from one end to the end. And, and and I think we in such a period now where so many writers are writing like edgy darker characters that I don't think there's anyone currently writing now who could probably actually do a good um uh wholesome character. Well, you want you, stra-
0: you want a stratty one eighty. Basically, is that what you want? You want sort of like um. The guy from guy from Gunsmoke, what was his name? You know the um the the lead character in Gunsmoke, Matt Dillon. You know that that kind of character. It's just a straight out white hat. Is that what you're after?
2: No, not not saying it has to be a straight out white hat, but I'm just saying it. it you you need a mixture of straight white hat, nuanced, good guys, bad guys. Bad guys. Look, I just feel like this we, we never seem to have a balance. It's always, mm. it it's always imbalanced in a decade or something. Where, uh, because everyone's chasing the fad, sure. you know. Well, that's if, a part of it. If, yeah. If, if *Sopranos* is popular or *Breaking Bad's popular, then everyone wants to chase that *Breaking I was, Bad*. I was going to say that that that's actually the biggest
0: factor of all. That like stuff like *Breaking Bad* was so popular. That it and like the wire, they were so popular and influential that they've influenced the the, the next sort of ten years because people yeah. are chasing that, and influenced by and chasing the mixture of the two, and and that's kind of where you are. So you're sort of seeing a lot of anti heroes or sympathetic villains. Um, you know, if you want to call Walter White a villain, you could. You know, but some people would say he's an anti hero, some people say he's a villain. But regardless, if he's a villain, he's a deeply characterized villain with some sympathetic qualities, etc. So that's kind of what you're pointing to. I don't mind so much. I quite like the darker stuff, but I get you, man. You've always enjoyed the. You like good versus evil, you know? Um, and differentiated. You know, I
2: lines. mean, as I said, I mean, I'm a guy that grew up watching The a Sure. or MacGyver, sure. you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I I like my heroes. And like in, I've always yeah. liked my heroes. I've always been drawn to them.
0: And in MacGyver, for example, you never once questioned MacGyver. He was just a good guy, basically, at the yeah. end of the day. You know, but the was... fun
2: wasn't – but again, you see, and that's why I say it depends on the type of show you're doing. The fun of MacGyver, because he was, again, as a, a, a classical good guy, he mm. was never – we're going to stray, but the fun was the adventures, yes. the fun was how he was going to get himself out of yeah. the sticky situation in yeah. what clever way. So, my point is, you can do it, you just got to find the hook,
0: yeah. It's true, man. Well, yeah, I, I hear, you, man. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's an you interesting. Know? And, with, and with the 18,
2: the fun was their interactions with each other because they were such different characters,
0: yeah. Now, in, you know, so while we're talking about this, the CW, which is the home of DC and dark teen drama such as Riverdale is going up for sale. So, Richard, the network's network that brought us the Arrowverse is now on the chopping block, is the big rumour. And AT&T, their owners, are deeply in debt. Very deeply. Oh,
2: yeah. AT&T AT have made a lot of bad purchases, I think.
0: Yeah. And so they want to sell. Now, I would have thought that the CW, I thought, with no knowledge, I would have thought that would be a cash cow and a half. But apparently, a lot of their revenue stream has lessened because they've pulled back a lot of their product to their exclusive services, streaming services. Whereas before, they license a lot of it out. I believe that is a factor. So that's contributed to those shows making less money. Now, mm. um, I would see, I would have like with no knowledge of the inner financials, I would have thought CW would have been churning the money out for years. But I read a report today that said it's never been profitable. <clears throat> So it was never if it got uh, you
2: know. I don't it's probably never been profitable because let's be honest when you're in the entertainment industry it's, it's actually very hard to be profitable because you're always spending money Hollywood account But I would too. say it was but I would probably say it was less unprofitable like 5 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Like when they were at the height mm. when when the Arrowverse was like massively popular, Flash was massively popular and they had the legends. Yeah. I think that was where they were probably maybe breaking even or you know not as or not as losing as much money. And don't forget Supernatural
0: but, as well. That was a show, wasn't it on CW?
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, Supernatural was popular. But I'm just saying, uh, they hit it like they hit a nerve with the Arrowverse mm. uh, because that spun out three uh, three shows: uh, mm. Arrow, Flash, and Legends. Yeah,
3: do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: But um, the uh, the problem is is that I don't think they've m- managed to maintain the level of quality. Mm. And so what happened was, you know, they had those three shows then they added another one and another one and another one. But now the problem is is they all decline in, and especially the Batwoman. I think Batwoman has hurt them a lot.
0: Well, Batwoman um, was terrible. And it had not just terrible, it also had really bad press because the actress who they originally had left. There was, you know, all sorts of shenanigans going on. It wasn't a good show. You know, it was up against it.
2: So I, I think they've definitely hurt themselves because you must remember when they started The Flash and all that – uh, and, and Arrowverse and all that, there wasn't much of this crap and talk going on, you know, you know, how we're talking about like people with like Vidayala and all that sort of stuff, you know, mm. with all this agendas and, 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 and stuff. But ever since they've sort of maybe taken that on board, mm. um, again, it's gone in decline and it's, it, they're probably, yeah, they've become super unprofitable uh, again. Yeah. So, so you can, I don't know. I think they should. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I would not, but I wouldn't buy them, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, I was just, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a Hollywood accountant. Uh, I was just surprised that they weren't. I thought they must have been making squillions because there've been so many shows that have done. You would think, well, there have been a factory of shows and content that's been everywhere. But um, as you say, it's also Hollywood accounting. Hollywood doesn't want to make profits because of the tax implications. You know. Like well, they were probably also making profits.
2: more money when everything was televised.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think since they tried to do their own streaming thing, yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to do your own streaming thing? It's it's way more profitable to actually sell it to a streaming service.
0: Yeah, but, but, or, but or, apparently... Or rent it or
2: hire it or whatever it supposedly is. Supposedly,
0: HBO Max is really, really doing well. Like, that's all the reports... No, 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 I've no. no.
2: But CW doesn't have the library, is my point.
0: Right, yeah. Of
2: something like your HBO Max or even your Disney. Like I'm sorry, but the CW doesn't have as a massive amount of uh, uh, quality shows yeah. that 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 can supplement a streaming service.
0: But here we go. Okay, so according to Variety, HBO Max will become the exclusive streaming home for all the CW's DC Comics television shows. Now, has that happened yet? I'm not sure. I
2: don't have HBO Max. So I couldn't tell you.
0: I do, but I'm I'm not sure. Like, certainly some of them are there. Uh, certainly, some of them are there, um, such as Superman and Lois. But I'm not sure if all the Arrow shows are on there because I think some of them had prior deals with Netflix and the like. You know, um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that actually. That's a, that, certainly some of the Arrowverse shows are on HBO Max, but I don't think it's everything. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll you know we'll find out. But the, the, the comment was that those shows were making more money by being licensed to, like, a Netflix, et cetera, and sold to them. Uh, here we oh, go. yeah,
2: I, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to keep a space on this. We'll have to keep an eye on this and see what's going on because, it to me, it would make sense that um, all those a million and two Arrowverse shows would all turn up on HBO Max because it would make the platform, even because it's already got a strong DC focus, it would just, you know, add a board. Right now, it's definitely got Doom Patrols on there Young Justice, Titans, and Harley Quinn are all on there. Uh, Supergirl's definitely on there. But I but I don't think they're all on there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, Rich. Um, we'll, we'll certainly see what happens if they sell CW. And maybe if they sell it to another organisation that can sort of monetize it a bit better as well. Because it doesn't feel like AT&T have done a particularly good job in monetizing the DC projects. You know? You know, to a...
2: To an well, extent. I don't know if anyone will buy them, but someone might buy their cat blog. Yeah, yeah. to put on their streaming service. But, uh, that's, I, I don't know if anyone will actually buy them to...
0: But if, like you, buy them, if you buy them, if you buy them, like, if you buy CW, would you buy the rights to all those characters and shows? You wouldn't, would you? You'd have to then license oh. them off Warners and at and wouldn't you? Because they own those
2: characters. Uh No, 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 no. You wouldn't own the characters, but you would own the TV show.
0: Right. So you could keep those TV shows yeah. running.
2: Yeah. So for instance, like Netflix could buy CW mm. and then just put all the shows on their streaming servers. Gotcha. And, um but not continue to make any of the shows. Just go, yeah, we bought all the, we basically just bought the library. Right. I wonder And it's all going to be on Netflix now.
0: But I wonder, like the question I'm asking, I don't know the answer to I wonder if you do that, if you then still have to pay a licensing fee to Warners slash
2: AT&T. No. You know? I, I think you would maybe have to if you wanted to continue to make shows. Right, but if you just wanted to buy to the continue library. Continue to license characters. But, yeah, if you've bought the, the library mm. for the streaming, I, I, think that, I think that is different.
0: Okay. Well, interesting. We'll, we'll watch this space. Um, now, Morbius, Rich, has been pushed back from January 28 to April 1, April Fool's Day. It's the sixth time Sony have delayed Morbius. My God. This the living vampire. He just keeps getting moved along, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's he's certainly not the he, he's certainly uh um <laughs> struggling hiding? to get out of that coffin or whatever. No, I was gonna say he's
0: spent a long time in the basement in the coffin and like many times the coffin like creaks open slightly, like the lid and then it just falls back shut again and um and my God it's such a to me such a minor film as well, like I don't feel there's like a ton of heat on it at all, like for all this delaying, you think is it really well, justified
2: any any heat is lost now, yeah,
0: yeah, well so, yeah. And- you would have thought after the highs of Spider-Man that they might have been eager to pump it out. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they'll put a Spider-Man scene in it. That might actually be something they might do just to try to I honestly enjoy. have no
2: idea how this... I mean, the only thing I can think of is um, reshoots or something because I, I don't understand how it's not ready. Yep. Like, how, how is it still not ready? I don't understand. I mean, it's not, it's not fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yes, you know, It's not this massive epic that takes you, like, <laughs> Three years to, point. to, I just I don't understand it. I really don't understand how this movie's not ready yet. No,
0: I know. Well, I've, surely some of it's because they're trying to ride the wave of COVID, perhaps, and they're and they're trying to see if they can squeeze it to make some more money at the box office. That could be part of it, you know, because um, they know they've got a, they know they've got like a at best minor hit on their hands. So they're thinking if they can just get past this Omnicron crunch, maybe by April. Audiences will flock to the theatres more, blah, blah, blah. Well, might, maybe they're doing a Spider-Man scene. That could be something they might do to try to pump it. Something like that. I, I'm, I'm anticipating. That's the logic I'm going at, because otherwise I don't see the point of just constantly delaying this thing. Like It's just like, really? You start to lose the interest of everybody.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't think of too many movies that are continuously delayed that come out Yeah. and do well.
0: It's normally the studio burying them more than anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because again, you—it's lo- the same with video games and stuff. You know, when you announce a video game too uh, too early, yep. and then you keep running into problems, or you keep um, delaying and you delaying, and then finally when the game comes out, no one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it has to be—it has to be a phenomenal fucking game.
3: Yeah,
0: no, I know. Like,
2: uh, or or movie for 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 people to care if it even comes out. It is just even okay or good. Yeah, it's dead.
0: No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but you really. There's a sense of um like audience betrayal amongst the hardcore fans who sometimes get way too excited too early as well in video games as well. Like and I'll
2: well, be honest with you I think you should not even uh, uh release a single trailer until you're pretty much ready to come out. And that goes for movies, games. Don't don't announce a movie, you know, 3 years in advance, 2 years in advance, you know, uh while you're still in the middle release trailers and stuff. I understand that you're trying to get hype But the problem is, so many times now things are getting delayed. They're getting pushed back, and people lose their hype.
3: Yeah,
2: it's like it's like you disappoint them by delaying it. That it it almost permanently lowers their hype for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, and and so you know, wait until you like, yes, we we're good. We've tested it. You know what I mean? Um, we we just got to uh, fix up some of the fucking special effects or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? But We've we've the movie's done, the story's finalised. It's all shot, it's all filmed, and then maybe you can put out a teaser trailer because you know it's going to be ready in the next three months or mm. or something like that. Because at least then you get people hyped. They'll see the trailer and then bang, it's out. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then they all go, yeah, 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 because they're still hyped from seeing that initial trailer. They still excitement and it's like, oh, it's only three months away. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! And bang, you'll get them all in. But you announced it a year two years and then you delay it six months, you delay it another six months, people just stop caring after a while.
3: No,
0: it's true. Man. There, there is, there is a limit to the audience's patience and, and the, the, the sort of like almost the zeitgeist or the, the conversation about a game or movie there, it, it hits a point where people just stop caring. And unless it's a huge franchise, uh, you know, people, you know, forget. And Morbius is not a huge franchise it's loosely connected to a huge franchise, but it's a very minor character inside that franchise. You know, so yep. if you're not going to have Spider-Man in the fucking movie, um, well, then you lose that connection and um, you're in trouble. So we'll see. But I'm, yeah, I've only gotten very mild. So, and, oh, by the way, I think on Jan 13, uh, Eternals is hitting um, Disney+. Plus. I meant to mention that. So I will check it out with Michelle. So I'm not sure if it will be my next show. But probably by next show, I should I should be able to have like a review of it. Not that I'm looking forward to it at all, Rich. But it'll be free. It'll be on Disney Plus, so I uh, will endure. Oh, well, it. I was, was
2: going to say, don't don't rush.
0: Yeah, not at all. Um, looking forward. Like, the, what's the opposite of being excited? I'm just completely, almost just
2: disinterested.
0: Disinterested and almost filled with dread. Like, wow, they've really. How about subs- how
2: about how about the opposite? Unexcited. Yeah, I'm extremely <laughs> unexcited that Eternals. Uh, we will
0: watch it and. Um, Shang-Chi, I mean, I didn't love Shang-Chi, but it was slightly better than I thought. But I thought it was going to be really bad. So <laughs> so there was... The, the, well,
2: you know. No, the bar was so low that it, it, it actually cleared it.
0: And, and even then, I was like, I will never watch this movie again, but it's okay. you know. <laughs> um, now, David Bowie's estate has sold his entire songwriting catalogue to Warner Music, including classics like Space Odyssey, Let's Dance and Heroes. The Price... The transaction was not disclosed, but is estimated to be about two hundred and fifty million US, which is less than both Bob Dylan and uh, Bruce Springsteen, who I believe sold for five hundred million, um, and Bob was predicted to be in the three hundred to three fifty. I'm surprised uh, he came in at two fifty. I would have thought that David Bowie. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of hits you know like um uh, more hits than bob dylan frankly and I'm, obviously i'm a much bigger bob dylan fan i love david bowie but david bowie had a lot of single hits you know let's dance heroes space odyssey ashes to ashes you know are you surprised Rich, that he came in lower than springsteen
2: um probably well, i mean i i, I don't know I, yeah I just—I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. It's—it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to actually ascertain the value of.
0: Well, it's for commercials. It's for everything. So he's—he's he's yeah, selling yeah, all. Yeah. He's selling all the rights to it, so they can do whatever they want to do with it. I—I I guess. So in, in essence, for a one-off payment.
2: The only thing I can think of is that maybe, maybe Bowie's stuff doesn't lend itself as much to, yeah, like commercials and stuff and all that as as maybe some other library I, I, again I don't know I mean uh I, I don't know i would probably say well david Bowie was famous i do think he was more like niche famous
0: yeah true cult almost you know you know yeah yeah
2: because he was um like an oddity a rarity he mm. was not everyone's cup of tea whereas you know you know like your springsteens and your um um Bob Dylan uh, Bob Dylan's and all that, you yeah, know, they're a little bit more more um, general main, uh, mainstream.
0: Well, like Bruce Springsteen is definitely steak and potatoes rock, heartland rock, you know, it's yeah. what it's described as. So, I, you know, I could, I can see Bruce Springsteen stuff being worth a fortune because uh, a lot yeah. of his songs, like the Born of the USA album, for example, can be used, they're very commercial, you know? And yeah, I mean, literally, I they could be. Stuff is a bit
2: yeah. more. I don't want to say generic. It's not the word I'm thinking of, but like um, uh, vanilla? Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. Like in terms of music, I mean, David Bowie was a little bit more experimental, a little bit more um, uh, eclectic.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, I'll tell you something I am interested in outside of this. Um, It's, and I say this with Bob Dylan, with the amount of show, like they've bought all the songs. And I wonder, have they also bought all the archives? Because with Bob Dylan, for example, I believe just like Neil Young has been doing, because Neil Young sold fifty percent of it for around two hundred and fifty to three hundred million. He sold fifty percent of the rights. Neil famously sort of likes to, probably wisely, says, "Yeah, you could have. I'll get a big payment, and I'll get give you fifty percent, but I've still got fifty percent as well." You know, um. Now, he releases a lot... He's been releasing a lot of his archival stuff, archival concerts, quite consistently over the last 10 years. And for Neil Young fans like myself, or like my dad, it's a real pleasure because he does it from all aspects of his career. Um, so you get a very electric, rocky version. You get the really acoustic stuff. It's all different flavours. And I've thought, I wonder with Bob Dylan, because Bob Dylan, uh, since... Like around nineteen ninety, put out like fifteen or sixteen what are called bootleg series stuff of generally unreleased material and different versions of stuff. But I've always been saying, I wonder what he's going to start putting out more live stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, I'm wondering if if that deal would encapsulate that with Bowie as well, like live concerts that his fans might really enjoy. You know, do you think they'll go down that route, Rich?
2: Um. I don't know because I'm not, I don't know if David Bowie was that famous for his live concerts. He did a lot of Maybe stuff. he was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. Again, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm obviously familiar with David Bowie's work and all that, but I'm not familiar with David Bowie per se. Like, yeah,
0: yeah you're not a hardcore um, fan kind of thing.
2: He's, yeah, like, uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of his career and, you know, his live shows and all that sort of stuff. So.
0: Mm. Well, I'm also uh, I'm also questioning: Do these deals cover the live material,
2: or? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know because or, I mean it depends yeah. on how popular his live stuff was, or yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see. Um, and but maybe it's just it's it could you know what it could just be it could, for all of these guys it could just be the recorded songs. <laughs> so, in in essence, the Dylan estate may still be looking at his catalog and going, "Well, we can still release all that stuff." But the recorded songs that are on the albums, the studio albums, they own that now. But we've still got this wealth of archival stuff from over 50 years of touring and recording. Like Bob Dylan plays often about 200 shows a year. You know what I mean? That's a lot of material over a course of a big career. That you can, there's, there's whole areas that haven't been tapped yet, you know? And for a Dylan fanatic like myself, I'm like, yeah, give me some of that late 70s street legal stuff. We haven't even touched that. Give me the '80s when he was touring with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Give me those four concerts. You know, like that's where I want to be, Rich. I want to be right in there. Like, let's re- let's go through. Let's. I want to have access to a catalog where I can listen to a Tom Petty and Heartbreakers set, followed by the Dylan set, backed by the Heartbreakers in '86 and '87.
2: Well, we'll, well, get in there, Dave. Get in there.
0: Well, I need access, man. That's right now. <laughs> right now, I'm right now. I'm banging on, on the walls, was- man. I'm banging on the walls of like CBS Records or Columbia or whoever the hell it is who owns it all and I'm saying just let me in <laughs> and they and they're tossing me crumbs rich you know what I'm saying like they're throwing
2: absolute crumbs,
0: crumbs. <laughs> So I mean I'm one of those people who really love a time machine I'd love to I'd love to be uh, where was I I mean he toured Australia in uh, I think 86 87 he toured with the Heartbreakers um and famously they said to him what brought you all the way out here and he goes money of course that was his response um now he is honest um to live outside the law you gotta be honest to quote Bob Dylan himself from one of his songs um Keanu Reeves reportedly gave 70% of his Matrix Resurrection salary to cancer research so at least something good came out of the movie um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we are glad i am very glad that he did that because my god it was a confusing film but
2: um, he really does, yeah he really doesn't like the matrix money i think because didn't he um didn't he buy like uh everyone who worked on the matrix movies like harley davidson's or something he did he was very um, generous, yeah. with the other ones he really just doesn't want that matrix money i
0: think he's got plenty of it rich as well i, th- I don't think he's he's hurting you know so He's a very generous guy. I mean, he, honestly. No, but
2: it just seems to be something with The Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Whenever it's a story of him giving away the money, it always seems to be from The Matrix. I'm just wondering, what is it about The Matrix money that maybe he that doesn't was, want? Maybe that
0: was the big, big money, though. He he may have made so much on those films that he's like, you know what, I can afford to be a bit more generous because this is where I've really made a, a colossal buck. You know? I don't know. I'm just speculating. Who knows?
1: Yeah, Maybe, maybe, maybe.
0: Uh, in the final weekend of 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home earned another $52.7 million at the box office, bringing it to the 10th place on the list of highest-grossing domestic films of all time. Pretty impressive in a in a COVID world that uh, it's cracking the top 10, frankly. Goes to show you how much hype and heat there was on the Spider-Man No Way Home Rich, And yeah, I should... It also
2: have... probably maybe explains why so many people are coming down with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're blaming your it on Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just saying there's a correlation i love it rich it's the biggest movie it's the biggest movie of 2021 it's the only movie to break a billion dollars in the middle of covid and right after it literally everyone gets covid
0: by the way some nick cage news has just come to hand uh baby number three is on the way for nicholas cage and his new bride on jan 6 one day before the actor's 58th birthday uh, they confirmed that Nick and his fifth wife uh, Rico Shabita who's 30s his junior are expecting their first child together uh, he's also son he's also dad to sons Western 31 and Kalel 16 from previous relationships Wow he named one of his children Kalel
2: that's interesting and yet he says he's not Nicholas Cage
0: because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so typecast as this crazy guy and then, he's... Yeah, then
2: he names his fucking son kalel like Kal-El. seriously
0: wow well, God bless him at least he's
2: easy. I mean, you know, no, but at least you can name your son Cal. Yeah, you had to. Do you know what I mean? But it's the like, House of, L. It's the, the House Kal- of L.
0: it's the House of L. It's the
2: House of L. No, but my point is, at least Cal sounds like a like a like like short for Calvin, or yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, at least it doesn't it doesn't stand out like Kal-El.
0: Sure, yeah, Kal-El. How funny would it have been if he called him Calel last son of Krypton? <laughs> He just, he just really, really decided to go all in. <laughs> uh, that's pretty. Well, strange. I mean, he
2: he himself changed his last name to uh, Luke Cage,
0: Nick Cage, yeah, because he was he was no no. I mean, to
2: Luke Cage as in the character Luke Cage, which yes. is now named himself Cage
0: because his surname was Coppola. Because isn't he isn't he the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola? I believe,
2: yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: so it is what it is, man. In the crazy world of holy weird um you know they're always going to be crazy things and mick cage is going to be crazier than most um now we have I'm surprised he,
2: i'm surprised he didn't change his name to Kalel like nicholas Kalel.
0: i'm yeah i am surprised by that i mean i guess he really liked luke cage um now we have some news that i know is going to very much excite you rich the captain marvel 2 set photo suggests the return of tessa thompson's valkyrie you might remember her from ragnarok rich um, sorry
2: i'm just busy yawning at the news
0: yeah i knew that when i put this news in i actually thought to myself this is some news that richard will really potentially have a reaction of either apathy or anger towards um i'm guessing more apathy no
2: can i be honest with you most days it's apathy yeah. <laughs> i've let go i've i've uh, followed the ways of luke skywalker yeah. I've, I've foregone a lot of my rage <laughs> i love it rich uh now what's this about um fallout
0: what's going on here
2: uh, yes, yeah, so I just saw today that uh, uh, Prime Video's television adaptation of Fallout is moving forward mm-hmm. with Westworld co creator Jonathan Nolan directing the premiere episode. So now, I have no idea when this is coming out. It sounds like it's still in production, but it looks like it is going ahead.
0: Is it? Is based on the games? Yes. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Finally, something good. You know, like something actually worth fucking while. Like I was, I'm so happy about this news, Rich. I was just the other day we were, what oh, was I doing? I was playing Assassin's Creed, and then I just, I was trying to Google to see if there was any more news on the Netflix Assassin's Creed series, and there was nothing. There was just crickets, basically. And but you've come to me with this. I didn't even know Fallout was going to be entering production at all, so I am excited by this. Um, oh,
2: mate, it's it's like Halo. It's been in the works forever.
0: That's I mean? right. Like, Halo they, was they in the wrong. They always
2: worst keep announcing right? these yeah. TV shows based on on uh, game properties, and then they just never seem to yeah to, to happen. You know what I mean? Like Halo's been in production for like it feels like ten years now. The TV show, you know what I mean, mm. or the movie, like because uh, by the way, you know the the movie um, uh, District Nine.
0: Yes, the the South African movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. Most of the props in that were from the. Uh, canceled halo uh movie
0: really i so I, I, I like sure that movie was... a lot i like that movie a lot yeah. it's a good
2: movie but yeah a lot, a lot of the props and stuff were all were taken from the uh, defunct halo that's how long halo has been in the works really as either a movie or tv show that's just never come to fruition so uh it's good to hear that fallout has apparently has got a green light and is going ahead whether it means it either you know sees the light of day We'll have to wait and see, but you know, just thinking the other day, would I would love to see as a TV show, mm. Jonah Hex,
0: Oh, for sure, yeah, Jimmy Pomiatti. Um, I'd love to,
2: I'd, I'd, love to see a Jonah Hex. Um, what?
0: Uh, J- Jimmy Pomiatti's constantly saying that about Jonah Hex. What? How to make a great TV show? Or, or...
2: oh, well, that's the first time I agree with him.
0: Yeah, what? Really? I, I love, I love Jimmy Pomiatti's. We're trying to get him a uh,
2: show. No, I, I no, I don't, I, I. I don't have a problem with him and his work. Mm. I think he's a good writer on that. I just think he says some really odd things on the internet sometimes.
0: Oh, he's a pretty cool guy. I mean, we're trying to get him on Signal, Rich. So let's, let's, let's keep with the pro Jimmy Pomiati bandwagon that I'm on. I, I, I love Jimmy. Hey, he's a guy who calls it as he sees it. And I love that about Jimmy Pomiati. He's one of those guys. He, he, he fires from the hip a little bit, I guess, but he's not. Uh, I don't, you know.
2: I'm happy to talk to anyone because mm. it's always about the work. That's I it. only care about the work.
0: Love it, Rich. Uh, Jonathan Nolan. That's Christopher Nolan's brother. Um, I thought it was. Um, so yeah, he he wrote the screenplay for Memento. Um, mm. won awards for Westworld. Um, yeah, I mean he's an interesting in interesting guy. So that would be that would be good to see. Um, it would be good to see him on on uh, on uh, Fallout, and I just hope it happens, man. That's an interesting storyline Fallout too. You know. I just hope they wouldn't do a really low budget version. That's my only fear. You know, I just, I just fear with video we... games sometimes. I fear that with video games. Well, it's, it's,
2: it's going to be done by Amazon Prime, I think. So it should have an okay budget, I yeah. would imagine.
0: You would think deep pockets, wouldn't you?
2: Like, I don't think they're going to spend the the money that they do on Lord of the Rings or even the Wheel of Time. But no. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Wheel of Time looks that good most of the time for the money that they apparently spent on it. So.
0: Oh, no, I think Wheel of Time at times looks cheap, frankly. You know?
2: Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, there's sometimes where it looks fantastic, but that it, I feel like that's a an oddity sometimes than mm. the norm.
3: Mm.
0: No, I agree. I agree.
2: Oh, speaking of Lord of the Rings, did you hear that uh, uh, in the TV show they're going to be uh, giving uh, Isildur a sister? Uh, the king. Yeah, Isildur. Yeah, the yeah. the the guy who um... who got his hand chopped oh, off. by the way, I, I must I must admit, um, he they didn't paint him in a very positive light in the in the movie.
0: Well, he, he he gets the ring and then he gets killed in the Gladden Fields when he's coming back, I believe.
2: Yeah, but in the so hang on, so in the what I'm saying is in the movie mm. they they make it that. He goes to the mountain, and then he gets corrupted by it, and then he walks off, and then as he's on his way home, he gets ambushed by the orcs. That's exactly what happens killed. in the books. That's exactly what no, happens in the books. No, that is not exactly what happens in the book, and you <laughs> should know that if you're a Lord of the Rings <laughs> well, fan. From my memory he is well. He's corrupted almost instantly when he touches the ring, right. right? And he leaves with the ring, and he writes about the ring and all that, but he comes to his senses eventually, mm. and he realizes – the The danger of the ring, and it's actually when he's on his way mm. to um uh what's his name uh is it Elwin, right? The, Al- El- El- uh, the Elf. Elf. Elrond, yeah, uh, Elrond, Elrond. He's actually on his way to Elrond with the ring when he's ambushed by the orcs.
0: Right. Uh, I'm I'm ready now. At Tolkien wrote two differing accounts of the battle league to its end. Uh, on the Rings of Power in the Third Age at the end of the Silmarillion, is told from the point of view of the Elder, which are the elves. It states that Isildur had set no guard in his camp at night, deeming that his foes had been overthrown and the orcs attacked him there. In Unfinished Tales, Tolkien gives a fuller account, writing that Isildur was ambushed on the march by orcs. Isildur had left minus Anor with a party of some 200 soldiers. His men had to march as their, beasts, as their horses were only beasts of burden, not for riding. They had two dozen archers, but were too, they were too few to be effective. Isilor chose the road along the Anduin, rather than the longer and safer road north. Sauron, however, had deployed an army of orcs east of the Misty Mountains to attack stragglers of the Last Alliance. The orcs did not show themselves when the armies of elves and men passed by, but they were more than a match for Isidore's small company. Isidore was assailed ex- at sunset. Though the first sword he was beaten off, the orcs regrouped and surrounded Isilor's party to prevent his escape. When nightfall came, the orcs assaulted him from all sides. I'm not actually. I, I mean, I, I wasn't aware of um, much of the. You've got to instance. no,
2: no. You're, you're reading that. You've got to go back further than that, right?
3: Well,
0: um, don't
2: don't don't do it on the show. You don't have to go and research. You can you can yeah. you can research afterwards. But mm. if you actually read the buildup of him, that's mm. just where he died. Yeah, here. Um, if I here remember correctly, the, the reason he was marching was he was he was wanting to sort the ring out. Right. Where, and in the book, he from, never though? went to Mount Doom.
0: Where is that from, though? Because, oh, um, uh,
2: I got to remember.
0: No, they 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 did. They laid siege in, in Fellowship of the Ring. It basically, after the Alliance defeated Sauron's oh. host, they advanced into Mordor and laid siege to barad which is the the fortress of of in in Mordor of um, Sauron. I mean, he was there. That's the the scene. In the movie, isn't like told in the book so exactly, but he, he did take it off Sauron, you know he he did yes, take it. Yes, I know in. he took it off, hmm. and the sword broke, I believe, when he was doing it.
2: Yeah, and he chopped off the ring fingers. Yeah, fingers. but that's not
0: all. That's not told in the books in such a massive detail as it's in the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's it said it happens, but it's not like they described the battle in massive detail or anything. Uh, yeah, he,
2: well, Isildur never went near the fires of Mount Doom. Beyond the slopes of the mountain itself, where he took it from Sauron in the first place, mm. so again, he never went to the thing and then changed his mind.
0: Oh yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, happened. no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he didn't. But yeah, he he just took the ring, like, basically. I, like and, had and basically,
2: if I remember correctly in the books, the ring almost like corrupts him the moment he touches it. Well, and he leaves with and it's... he leaves with the ring, like it it almost enthralls him but it's not, because, because it's, it's not described it's not described as
0: well huh it's not described in the books in that detail like you don't know like i agree with you yes it did but it's not in the books at least from my memory of them there's not a really heavy description of what the ring did to him when he first got it like it doesn't it doesn't those chapters simply aren't there what there are are more sort of dry accounts and and gandalf i think talks about it a bit but it's not it's not described in massive detail exactly what the ring did to him, kind of thing. I think Elrond may have had some misgivings, or someone like that. I, th- I think there was someone who had some misgivings about it. Um, but it's not like massive. It's not there's not like a chapter with Isildur as the main character with describing what he did and all that kind of stuff. It's it's people telling the story. That's what it is.
2: I'll, I'll find where I read it and we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll send it to me because I, I'm interested. Cause I'm just, I'm just remembering it in my head. I need to yeah. go back and look. Well, but I remember from when I watched the movie, I was like, Oh, I didn't think he was that evil in the books.
0: He's like, not evil. He that, um, he's not evil in the movie. Not either. Evil,
2: but No, but again, the movie, they kind of make it like he, um, he was in control of himself uh, yeah. until he went to the mountain and then he turned his round and, you know, on his way home, he was killed by the walks. I'm I'm sure I remember that he took it straight away from the battlefield. And um, later, I think I got to find out where. I, where the cha- I, I can tell you the from. chapter.
0: The chapter that discusses it the most is Shadow of the Past, in which is early. It's about chapter three or four in Fellowship of the Ring. That's where Gandalf tells Frodo about the history of the Ring, and there is some stuff in there about Isildur, but there isn't much beyond Jackson made it a bit more dramatic, but basically the storyline is he took it at the battle. He then has it for a while and then he's traveling and he gets ambushed and killed. That pretty much is what happens. Hang and, on, hang
2: on, hang yeah. on. So I'm on the, I'm on the wiki now, mm.
3: right? Mm. And
2: it says, yeah, on September 5, TA2, Ildur set from Minas Elna with the three elder sons and a company of knights. They marched up the vales of uh, Anduin on the eastern side of the river, heading for the high pass over the Missing Mountains. He intended to deliver the one ring to Elrond, uh-huh. as suggested by his eldest son and confident uh, Elendur. Okay. So he was actually. So in the movie, it looks like he just took the ring and he was on his way, ha ha ha, I've got the ring, and then the orcs killed him. But in the actual True. books, in the actual history, Yes, he was corrupted by the ring, but thanks to one of his sons he came to his senses, he realized the danger of the ring, and was actually on his way to Elrond to deliver the ring.
0: Yeah, but there's also a there's the also Orc. a I'm section in the book. There's a section in the book. So don't forget Hollywood approaches the story. There's a section in the book that talks about how the ring betrays the user. And so the ring betrays No, Silver. the ring
2: knew that he the ring knew that he was going to get rid of the ring. Mm. And so yes, it betrayed him, but my point is if you just look at him from the movie it's not the best light (laughs)
0: but there's not much (laughs) i I, I get i
2: would say there's less information
0: i I don't know what really paints him as anything
2: i don't know i i feel like you could have a scene where this maybe you you get an actor who plays his son to be like you must do it father and he goes you're right and then you can still have the scene where they're onto Elrond and get attacked and it's still the same
0: i'd be up for it there's a lot of stuff i'm I'm just
2: saying you could have you could have just added like a two-minute scene Yeah. In that in that prologue, just to make it look like he was gonna do the right thing before he was killed. But
0: do you really think it was necessary to Lord of the Rings? I think in the in the in the T V show that deals with the second Uh, age, they could definitely No,
2: I think but I think it's necessary just to give the character just two minutes of nuance.
0: Yeah, but in in a movie like that there were so many moving parts, they had to cut stuff all over the show. Hang on, hang on,
2: hang on, hang on. They added a scene of him going to Mount Doom that wasn't in the book. So if you had time to add that But that, scene, but you that makes it more dramatic.
0: That makes it more dramatic.
2: I don't know. You could. I feel like you could have had him run off the the battlefield with the ring without not many people knowing or something, and you could still have the scene with the sun instead of the... Well, moon. Richard, you should, you
0: should be happy because the the fleshing out will occur in the TV series. That's where the fleshing out will occur.
2: I don't trust the TV show to do it, so let's see. Why? Why can't Amazon
0: I, do it anyway? I don't
2: trust... I, I'm sorry, I don't trust anything made in the 2020s, okay? i just it? burned too much, and I feel really? like they'll probably make a lot of oh, changes. Oh, come on, and...
0: man. Like, Well, they will make a lot of ch- – what they will do is construct a lot of new stuff because that's well, part of the contract. Well, put
2: it this contract. way. I guarantee you, and this is my prediction, they're giving him the sister who will always be the one who's right and telling him what to do. Maybe. Maybe
3: maybe
0: there, they're there making see, that's already a change to the character but maybe they're making a more like Game of Thrones kind of thing where there's a bit of in, in, inter-politics I wouldn't mind that let's, but
2: they, see. let's see they're fleshing
0: stuff out man so that I mean what yeah, you will but say, I'm
2: fleshing stuff out and adding characters that never existed is two different things though
0: yeah but, they, but they've got to do that because a lot of this stuff it's not like I've read a massive amount of Tolkien I'm telling you that a lot of this stuff was told in a very dry historical fashion and it wasn't Jam packed, like it lends itself to be fleshed out kind of thing. You take the bones of what's there and then you put some meat on the bones. And and part, part of that is creating new characters and some new dynamics and stuff. Minor characters, but stuff is a lot of playoffs. Oh,
2: I, I get, I get, we'll see. I doubt this is going to be a minor character though. Again, that's my prediction. We'll see, we'll see. Now, turning to some other news,
0: Ben, this is reported leaving Justice League. Thank God. I mean, he's hardly been on there for very long, but it was too long.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say it's still it's still too late. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he
0: he gave us it's the just thing with Naomi that no one wanted, you know. <laughs> oh my
2: God, she's getting her own TV show. I, I believe. I
0: can't believe it. I, I honestly,
2: or well, has her own TV show that's yeah, coming. I, it's, I, it's, I know that she there is a TV show with Naomi.
0: I, I honestly just I just can't believe it either. It just seems so bizarre to me that such a crap and minor character, who's really just only success is that she's managed to get a TV show. It just boggles my mind, frankly. You know that that happened. I don't know. I don't know what. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what deal with the devil Ben has made, but um, yeah, it's amazing to me that that's happened because she is a terrible character. That's the only words I have to describe Oh you... yeah,
2: I, I think it's just fascinating that there's just so many characters that deserve a TV show more than her. A...
0: I, I would almost say any character. Um, she's she's got to be one of the worst <laughs> characters that have been created, you know, um, in the last 10 years. And and even then, like, it's a low bar because the last 10 years there have been a lot of shit characters. But Bendis has managed to really go beneath that bar. And they're like, oh, you know who's got to be a fucking TV show? Naomi. And we've got to then plug the fuck out of her and everything. And it's like, what an awful character.
2: Just, well, by the way, before he leaves Justice League, he will still be doing a Justice League, uh, Legion of Superheroes crossover.
0: Yes, I know that, and we are doing that on the next Legion Outpost, in fact, and we might even double up and do it on this um on this show, Rich. Um oh,
2: we, no. <laughs>
0: well, we might. We don't, we don't have to, but we are going to be covering that on the next Legion Outpost, which we're going to be doing with Adam next week. Adam, I and would and prefer
2: there. Adam suffer. Than All right, either. you
0: don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer. We'll 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 keep it contained to Legion Outpost, and I'm really underwhelmed uh, by just thinking about it. Now, do you recall the Nirvana Nevermind child pornography lawsuit? Yes. So Spencer Eden, who appeared as the, on the iconic album cover as a baby, accused the band of violating child pornography laws. Um, the suit has been dismissed. As mentioned in the band's response to the suit, uh, Eldon had previously spoken positively about being the infant in the iconic image. In 2016, he posed in a recreation of the album cover for its 25th anniversary and had recreated the photo for its record's 10th, 17th, and 20th anniversaries. He also has a tattoo of the album title. Um, So this guy has cashed in on multiple occasions and uh, then, yeah, he tried his hand with a lawsuit. That didn't go anywhere. So, Rich, I think this is basically a case of a guy getting his just desserts. Do you agree?
2: Oh, oh, for sure. I I think um, he realised that he couldn't cash in anymore Mm. and then someone either himself or someone told him about the child pornography angle yeah, to try and get money because, I mean, you know, I mean, as I said, they did something for the 10th, 17th, 20th, 21st. So, yeah. you know, at some point you're like, yeah, we're not going to be like, it's done. <laughs> we're not going to be paying you to recreate the album anymore and all that sort of shit. So, yeah, he needed another Avenue. And so he tried the uh, child pornography, but um, the problem is, I don't think it's child pornography. If, one, it's commercial, and your parents yeah. sign it. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not being produced in um, CD magazines or websites. <laughs> it's it's literally a record cover. So
0: exactly, and I mean, let's face it the the parents uh, sold it off at at the time and allowed it, and uh, and he's proceeded to cash in on it his entire life. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I, I would be more inclined to believe him mm. if he had not cashed in and recreated the photo for the, <sighs> you know, or, or, or gone stuff for the 10th, 17th, 20th, you know, twenty. Like, like at some point I'm like, I don't, I don't see how you didn't have a problem before this. Like yeah. it's been 25 years and you've, you've helped recreate the photo, like at least once or twice. So yeah, I, I kind of, you, you don't have my support because. No. You just you just you you look at, you've lost your avenue of getting some money or mm. some clout or whatever, and you're just looking for another avenue.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, no, it was it was opportunistic. Basically, uh, at the end of the day, um, that's that's basically what it was. Now, Winnie the Pooh and The Sun Also Rises are, are works that whose copyrights expired last Saturday, put in the public domain in 2022. Works in the public domain can be legally shared, performed, reused, repurposed, or sampled. So get ready for a gritty Winnie the Pooh remake, uh, Rich. Um, it's it must be I on think, its way. Um,
2: Ryan Reynolds has already done a Winnie the Pooh commercial for I don't know if it was for his gin or for something.
0: Yeah, I did hear there was something about that that Winnie that he has done something along those lines. Um, and I believe uh, Michelle's first comment was Tigger, and apparently Tigger doesn't fall into public domain for a few more years yet because he was from a later book. So, you
2: know, oh, uh, yeah, he, ca- he came along, um, he came along later, yeah, yeah, um, uh, I think yeah, was, yeah, yeah, Tigger was definitely uh, there. was a couple of characters who created later, so yeah. I think uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet will definitely be the first ones, and yeah. uh, obviously Christopher Robin. Yeah. Um, and what's the Joey, name, by the way, the, Christopher the, Robin.
0: the Joey, you know, is his name Joey, you know, the little Roo?
2: Uh, no, it's Roo
0: Roo, right, yeah, okay. You've got the, so I think oh, his right. mother,
2: his mother's name is Kang. Right, okay. And he's Roo or something, so it's Kangaroo when you say it together or something like that. Right, I see, okay. Um,
0: I love Tigger. Um, Tigger was always my favourite. Eeyore, there's another one, another genius from that.
2: Um, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the original characters, I'm pretty sure, were Winnie the Pooh, Piglet and Eeyore. I'm pretty sure they were like, and again, Christopher Robin. I'm pretty sure they were one of the early, early ones and right. then the other characters came a bit later.
0: Okay, uh, Adam the computer made a comment. He said he calls his shot now. Batman movie, the new Batman movie, will be better than No Way Home. That's a big call. That's a huge call. I gave No Way Home ten out of ten. I hope to God Batman is better because that would be awesome. Um, I yeah, doubt it. yeah I, I have my doubts as well, but uh, Adam is he's he's convinced.
2: I just I don't know. I I saw some of the promotion with the. Uh, the cat and the bat,
0: Zoe Kravitz. You yeah. know, I,
2: I yeah, you know, I've seen some, um, you know, uh, thumbnails and some pictures and promotional stuff and all that, and I just keep thinking, my God, is this supposed to be a Batman or a teen drama? Uh, yeah,
3: because
2: that's what it's starting to feel like.
0: Emo Batman, though. No. Remember, don't forget his emo. Okay, well, uh,
2: again, it's an angsty teen teen drama, so of course it's going to be emo Batman and you know, um, emo chick and whatnot, you know. It just looks, it looks terrible, man. Like, I'm sorry. It just, um, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to be like a, like a curmudgeon or like the negative guy, but I'm sorry when I watch the trailers, it it just looks like, it just looks like a high production fan film. It just doesn't look to me. It just doesn't look good.
3: Yeah. Like
0: I'm looking forward to it personally. Um, but, but, but I, you know, fingers crossed kind of thing, like nothing, you know, I, I mean, I, I really, really want it to be good, but, I've wanted lots of films to be good that haven't been, but I still, Robert Patterson, I still just, I still question. I, I, I'll never understand that. Till the day I die, why they chose Robert, Robert Patterson. It just seems like such an odd fucking decision. Um, but anyway, they they chose him. It's, it's, uh,
2: speaking of Batman, uh, I know I'm going to come back to Chuck, but uh, one episode, they, uh, Chuck, they had uh, Robert Englund in it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he was playing a doctor that was dealing with fear toxins. Okay. And I actually was thinking to myself, shit, he actually, Robert England would have actually been a very good scarecrow. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I agree. I very much agree. So, well, they must have thought so too, which is why they, his character is kind of like Scarecrow. You know, he's a doctor that sprays people and they start freaking out and fearing. And then his face starts like distorting and becoming scary, you know, almost like a demon. I was like, oh, shit, someone likes a Scarecrow from Batman. Mm, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, there was uh, news here with the release of Batman forever and it's 997 sequel Batman and Robin uh the Batman movies went in a far campier direction in contrast to the burden films Michael Keaton was talking about it and he says I remember one of the things I, that I walked away going oh boy I can't do this uh, Josh Joel Shoemaker asked me I don't understand why everything has to be so dark and everything's so sad and I said wait a minute do you know how this guy got to be Batman have you read I mean it's pretty simple uh and he's just saying the actor returns in the Flash movie so I mean Michael Keaton he really had some fairly strong opinions about Batman and I'm kind of glad he walked and wasn't associated with those last two films. You know, he kind of saw the writing on the wall that they were going for the toys.
2: I find find fascinating. This is old news.
0: Yeah. But he just came out. He's just been talking about it again, you know, with, with the film coming out. I guess. Yeah. But again,
2: I remember hearing this fucking years and years and years ago that the, one of the reasons he, he walked away was yeah. and, And he said that in the interview way, way back in the day, he was like, you know, um, yeah, he goes, Batman, he's fucking dark.
3: Yeah.
2: They, they, you know, he watched his parents die and all that. And that's why, yeah, he walked away. He was just like, I'm not interested in doing the, um, a, um, uh, the, the happy toys. West, uh, mm. Batman. So, yeah. And I mean, you know what, I guess that's also why a lot of the other Batman movies just never stack up to me. And, and that's including the Christopher Nolan ones is mm. because at the end of the day, I'm always judging them to the Tim Burton ones.
0: Yeah. Well, they are great those. And two I just
2: down. I don't I don't feel any of the Batman movies stack up to the Tim Burton ones.
0: They are great movies, those
2: two. Fantastic you know, movies. Uh, uh, Gotham feels like an actual proper Gotham city. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it it it's it's a character in itself in those movies. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, for sure. It
2: feels like a comic book come to life, you know? It 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 it, it embraces its comic book roots. Yeah. Without being campy tongue-in-cheek over the top i i think they're brilliant i think tim burton fucking nailed doing a comic book an unashamed comic book movie yeah
3: I, I, um, they're, they're although to be fair
2: favorite. uh richard donner did it himself with superman so sure. it wasn't the first time but after that it's almost like people just couldn't you know um they, they couldn't take comic book seriously like yeah. if it was a comic book movie it had to be cheesy or silly and maybe maybe uh has uh, got a, a, a part to play in that Hmm. Maybe oh, he yeah, kind he... of almost set that trend as well, or reintroduced that trend of like oh, it's a super book, uh, it's a comic book movie, it's not serious. or well, he was
0: very much influenced, I think, by the old style Adam West stuff. I think that was kind of in his in his wheelhouse. Yeah, but again,
2: so. that's 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 the, that's the fucking sixties. I know, <laughs> I mean, I thought, like...
0: but that's when he was growing up. That was what he thought of when he thought of Batman. You know. Um, you know, which I still, you know... I, yeah, I, but what I, he
2: should have been I thinking was the fucking Tim Burton ones and continue the Tim Burton story, not the Adam West.
0: Yeah, he should have, but he wasn't, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: And there was also the thing where they were... He, was, he said it openly himself. I mean, he took a lot of criticism on himself. I mean, he was saying they would come to him going, here's the, you know, the Happy Meal uh, toy. We need a scene with that in it. You know, that was kind of how the making of Batman and Robin was happening he was getting that kind of feedback at the time as he was making the movie. Uh, we we need this in the, we need, we need this toy in a scene, you know, uh, saw so some happy toys.
2: He still could have done it a bit better though.
0: He could have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's an out that he's giving himself. But how, like,
2: how fun, no, but seriously, how funny would they be like, we need this to be in a scene. It's the happy meal toy. And he goes, not a problem. And he takes it from them. And then when they see the movie, it's a kid with that toy in his hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He's like, well, I put it in the movie. You said you needed to see this toy in the movie. I
1: put it there.
0: Well, <laughs> the toy's are just like killing kids and stuff. Like, That's just <laughs> like fully dark. Uh, now, Peter Bogdanov- Don- Bogdanovich, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, the new Hollywood author of Paper Moon, Last Picture Show, uh, died. So RIP to him at 82 years of age. Uh celebrated filmmaker broke out with his 1968 thriller Targets which I'm going to watch later tonight. Uh, He scored a box of a smash with the screwball uh, classic What's Up Doc. Um, The Last Picture Show, obviously, was a fantastic movie, and I believe Silver Shepard's first movie. Um, He also did a fantastic Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers documentary. He had a good movie called The Cat's Meow. Uh, It was a protégé of Orson Welles. um, Actually released... uh, a, a version of Orson Welles, I think When the Wind Blows or something it's called, um, I think on Netflix, with kind of from Orson's notes. Uh, it was a very interesting guy. Had a life dogged by scandal. Um, had a girlfriend who got murdered. Uh, was a playmate. Uh, he married her sister, 20 years a junior. He suffered commercially in the 80s. Um, kind of had many comebacks at times in the 90s, but never really fully came back. But a brilliant uh, director... Um, who had a very chequered career uh, after the 70s. Um, have
2: you seen any of his movies, Rich? Uh,
0: Maybe What's Up Doc? The, the yeah, movie? I've seen
2: I've seen What's Up Doc, but I've, I don't think I've seen the others.
0: Last Picture Show is very good. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he was a good filmmaker. I mean, the, the Tom Petty documentary is fantastic that he did with the Heartbreakers. He did it when Tom Petty was still alive, was about on the 30th anniversary of the band. Uh, and it's their whole career. It's a really, really fantastic... Uh, running Down a Dream, it's called. Uh, it's a fantastic documentary. Um, but here we missed, and I'm going to watch Targets, which was his first movie, which apparently is very good, which I've never seen. I didn't actually even know it existed until I read the news articles for this uh, when I got the movie uh, to check out. Now, some big news. Now, we are going to do Alan Moore's Supreme on the show. Within the next two to three weeks, i uh, going to have Adam the mm-hmm. Computer, myself and Rich there. Um, but the news has come out that Alan Moore's seminal reinvention of the classic British superhero Miracle-Man, originally known as Marvel-Man, is set to join the Marvel Universe in a new timeless miniseries, Um, which is interesting. Marvel will once again reissue the original series in an all-new omnibus in September. The Miracle-Man omnibus will consist of all the Alan Moore issues, which is good, along with work by artists such as Alan Davies, Gary Leach, John Totleban, and more, including the short stories from Warrior Magazine 1-18, to 20-21, Eclipse's follow-up Miracle Man series 1, 3, 6-16, and the Marvel Man special 1, and Marvel's first attempt at new stories in the Miracle Man annual 1. Um, the collection does not include the Neil Gaiman, Mark Buckingham into the Eclipse series, leaving the speculation that Marvel may be waiting for that creative team to finish the original storyline, which they reportedly began again in 2019. Now, where are you on miracle man rich have you read any of this because i've read a bit of it and it's very early on i'm all very raw but very interesting
2: yeah but it's never ever uh i've never caught on to it no. i've tried it every yeah. now and again it's just not a it's just not anything that resonated with me sure. um uh I, I don't know like the a character that did resonate with me with it was captain britain uh when that was written by uh, alan davies you love that one don't you um, yeah i fucking absolutely love that one but mm. uh that was more in line with the oddballness that i liked mm. marvel man just never just never resonated with me i, I just could never I, I could never get it i mean i i
0: checked it out it seemed very bleak from what i just saw you know like um i don't know i i've I, I i'll i'll buy the omnibus because i'm i'm an alan moore fan and it's something i haven't read and I said to um, Adam the computer, uh, "This or um, or uh, Supreme," and he said both are good. You know, Supreme if you want more an, uh, more a tribute to the sixties, uh, you know, Silver Age. And I said, I-, "I love that kind of stuff," so I'm checking that out. But
2: look, from well, the the Alan th- I budget, would, it's I think Supreme is a, a, is uh, Alan Moore um, being optimistic about a Superman type character, yeah, and I think Miracle Man was more like pessimistic.
0: That's the vibe I get too. You've summed it up exactly. And, uh, you know, yeah, That's it's interesting that one guy, I mean, he's such a talented, like, uh, reading the Supreme stuff, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy had talent. You know, as I'm reading it, I'm going, it's it's beautiful stuff really that he's putting together. Um, you know, and sometimes I forget that because of like all the years of just, you know, he has a reputation. Yeah, you know, he just has that reputation. and But then I think, my God... When he's done stuff that I've read so many times, it's it's amazing, you know. And I guess that's a pleasure in reading Supreme because I haven't checked it out. So I will check this out, Mir- Miracle Man. I will buy the omnibus for my shelf because I figure, why not? Um, it's not like his run is that huge that, like, one omnibus covers it. I can read through it. Maybe I'll enjoy it. But really, I want a Supreme omnibus. But anyway. That's that. Um, we've got Shopping with the Gang, Rich. A couple of things coming. Batman, No Man's Land, Omnibus, Volume 1. I'm getting that to complement my uh, Nightfall Omnibuses. Um, then we had, Richard, one of the craziest books I've ever read, ever, either before the show, during the show. It's Batman vs. Rasa Ghoul. Ghul. This is a hardcover. It's the, a recent-ish collection of Neil Adams series. Um... I'm not sure if we've done it on the show, Rich, or I did it with Stu. But this is a, it, I mean, it's, it's not good. It's just so bizarre that, honestly, I don't know what drugs Neil Adams is on or if he's just a very out there guy. I could not make head nor tail of this series, and I read several issues. Have you caught any of this series, Rich, and, and you know, what do you think?
2: Not familiar to me, so I don't think I have.
0: It's a recent thing. So it's it's set back in the 60s or 70s, you know, when he did all that Batman with, um, you know, the, the famous Jenny O'Neill, um, Neil Adams team up where they did, like, Tales of the Demon and The Origin of Rascal. So it's set during that period, but, my God, it makes no sense. It is written as if someone is just high as a kite and just making <laughs> shit up. Like, it's it really, I mean, it, it, the artwork is good. Uh, but like I was reading it, going, "What the hell is this?" Like, <laughs> so I mean, I when I saw this come up on the shopping list from Kings, I thought that this was a collection of Batman Russel storylines over the years, and I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, maybe," you know. Although I've got Tales of the Demon, which is the full Denny O'Neill stuff, but I thought maybe, and then I realised what it was, and I was like, "No, thank you." Um, <laughs> but it, but if you're a Neil Adams, like uh, you know, diehard you'll probably owe it to yourself, I think, because it is so out there. It's sort of like with Frank Miller, Holy Terror. I think that that is a remarkable book, even with its gigantic flaws, if you're a Frank Miller completist aficionado, because I think there's stuff in there that is really quite amazing, but it's in a flawed book that I think really only the real fans owe it to themselves to get. Do you know what I mean? I feel the same way about this, except this is much worse.
2: I've got to be honest with you, Um, any any modern stuff, like, in the last five years that I've read from Neil Adams, mm. I just feel like the guy's off the reservation. Well, this fits into that category completely. Is- I, I read his dead man, and, and I'm just like, what the, f- what, what? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's almost by someone, it's written by someone who's, like, lost their mind and doesn't realize it. I just think he's a pretty out there guy, and I think he he comes from that old school where
0: it's just like I'm going to throw stuff at the wall. Which uh, you know what, I honestly don't mind. Um, and I and I say God bless him for it. Like it's it's not for me, but I'm sort of like you
2: know. It, yeah, but the problem with throwing everything against the wall is doesn't mean it's coherent.
0: No, it's very non coherent. And um, look, we've all been there. I've been accused at times with some of the Des series of being fairly off the reservation, and. It's a a stylistic choice at times. It's just this is particularly incoherent, if you know what I mean. Like, this is particularly a a shining example of what happens when you just have a guy who has no editor. He's writing and drawing his own stuff. He has no one telling him no. All he's getting is a thumbs up from DC. We'll put it out. You know what I mean? Like, we'll put it out. Well, he's
2: writing and drawing it himself, yeah. So,
0: yeah. And,
2: yeah, and, man, and there, is, there is no oversight, <laughs> and yeah, there's
0: no editor going. You know what, rein it back in. They just like go as wild as you want because at the yeah. end of the day, you're Neil Adams. It's Batman. We can take the hit. You know, there'll be some people out there who'll enjoy it, and the artwork is good. Um, but I, I don't think it's anything that you haven't seen in like his original stuff with, um you know, Denny O'Neill and all that. I don't know. It's just it, it's very much of its of itself. So take that one under advisement guys don't don't rush out unless you're a real real Neil Adams fan and you really need to buy everything that he's ever done then you know potentially that could be something for you Comics! Yay. Yep, so this week, I thought we had a very good selection this week. So first up, we had World of Krypton 1 and 2. Uh, Michael Aaron Oming on art. Oh, oh, is it Aaron Oming? Um, I love his artwork. Uh, he did Powers with Bender, so I've always enjoyed his artwork. And Robert Venditti, uh, who did Green Lantern Rich, I remember that you enjoyed. Um, mm. It's a prequel cool series to... Krypton Exploding, uh, sort of in the dying days of Krypton, I, I said to Michelle, I really enjoyed this these two issues, as much as any modern comic I've enjoyed in the last two years. Um, I gave both 8 out of 10. I loved that there was the Thought Beasts. Um, he has a very distinctive art style, but I mean, I like it, and I thought it worked. And I'm a sucker for all that House of L and House of Zod stuff on Krypton in the dying days um what did you think of it rich i wanted to throw it over to you to see what you thought of it
2: completely disagree with you
0: oh dear <laughs> what the, the, the quality of it i the...
2: thought i thought the art style did not match the story that was being told it was right. far too cartoony mm-hmm. and goofy looking sure um and i'll be honest with you uh i don't think this has been diddy's best book no
0: well, I mean, I enjoy. It. <laughs> uh,
2: if, if I compare this to his Green Lantern or his Exo Man of War, mm. um, I think this is pretty mediocre, actually.
0: So you didn't enjoy the stuff with the House of El and the House of Zog? because that's the kind of stuff I enjoyed. I, I just
2: no, I, no. I I'm, again, I'm, I don't, I don't, really, I don't care about Krypton, honestly. Really? I, I don't, I don't care.
0: Well, you don't like the ins and outs of Krypton before it
2: explodes. I, I, I love that no, stuff. No, don't. I don't care
0: well, so what do you I'm giving it eight out of ten, both issues eight out of ten. What are you giving it rich? Four out of ten. Wow, that seems harsh, man. look this is there's I will say this. I don't think this is any way worse than like the majority of stuff that we cover in weekly comics. I thought this was stronger than a lot of weekly comics that we cover. you know that's that was my impression.
2: Uh, I don't know. I think maybe it would have been better if they'd gone with a different artist, maybe. I would have maybe given it a six out of ten then, <laughs> but right. um, no, I, I felt the art was just far too cartoony, mm. and, and I mean, it's almost like the characters have big heads, small bodies. Mm. It's really, it's really off-putting. Um especially when it, when when it, clearly this is supposed to be a story about like obviously political intrigue, yeah, um, stuff e- and all that. Yeah. It just the art, the art just didn't match it. The art, I, I think, completely did not match. The story that they're clearly trying to tell, but at the same time, it's just a story I don't actually give a shit about. To me, Krypton is just a—it's just a—a um, a tool to get Superman to Earth. But, it's so really you do not like those
0: You don't like those kind of like back in the Bronze Age, they'd have stories of Krypton as well, which I enjoyed because when I've been reading all the Bronze Age stuff with you know Kerry Bates and Elliot S. Magan and all those guys, they did have a lot of storylines of Krypton sort of stuff. Like this is where it, I think there was a world of Krypton back then like a backup feature in, in Superman. Yeah, and, and,
2: I'm, and I never used to read those either.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: I, I just, I don't care about uh, uh, Krypton other than just a, a convenient plot point of, like, Superman's origin. That's, okay. that's I, I don't think it needs to be anything more than that, So honestly.
0: You're not like me who slaved his way through the second season of Krypton because it had a Lobo in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, yeah, no, yeah
0: And then remember, I thought because they were going to do the Lobo show, so I just ground my way through. It was very kind of like middling TV, and then I got to the end of it and I was like, "Wow, and it wasn't even my favorite impersonation of Lobo, but like I'll take it, and then they canceled the Lobo show, and I was like, "Really, honestly, where's the gun? Can I put it in my mouth?" Um, yeah, but okay, well, no, I, I wondered what you'd think, because it's such a distinctive art style that I knew you'd have a reaction one way or another. You know, it is a very distinctive kind of individual art style, and I wondered what your reaction would be. Well, we've had it, and you don't like it.
3: <laughs>
2: hmm. Fair enough. I, I, I still, this to this day, I still think they, I, I still think they missed a, a trick by making Jason Momoa Aquaman and not Lobo. Sure, yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see I that. Just I, what a, what a missed opportunity. Because I kind of like, I don't, I kind of feel like almost anyone can be Aquaman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But there's only so many people that can be Lobo.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I, that, that is. And I just,
2: point. yeah, I just feel like they missed the, they just missed the mark with that. Like I just, like he's fine as Aquaman, but I just think he'd be so much better as Lobo.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, 4 out of 10 from you, 8 out of 10 from me. Wow. Two very divergent opinions. Uh, then we had um, two World's Finest. So the first one was World Finest Two One One. Um, It was fun. Uh, to see Candor City and Batman go to Candor City. Um, very much old school action. 7.5 out of 10 from me. I'm just bringing up the issue as we speak, Rich. What did you think of my World's Finest? You know, love, I love to dig in the, in the world with World's Finest. Um, and the storyline... Yeah, line... I mean, it's
2: certainly better than uh, World of Krypton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Fugitive from the Stars was the storyline, and um, it was Denny O'Neill at the wheel, actually. Um, and I just thought it was fun and I love the artwork and my God, I would have been buying this comic at the time if I was back in 1971, Dick Dillon on art duties, um, never lets a side down. Um, what did you think, Rich?
2: Um, yeah, it was a, it, it's a, it's a decent story. Um, it's, it's that typical Superman just saves the day by being Superman, just being yep. too good for everyone. There is but that, that was kind of the trope of the, the sort of, you know, uh, bronze and silver age uh, Superman is that um, he's always like 10 steps ahead of everyone.
0: Sure. Did you like the storyline of how the lady came from that civilization and she, uh, you know, abhorred war, didn't like war? And then it the flips. Yeah, I,
2: they didn't really explain how she wound up in uh, Kandor though.
0: Well, she went I never
2: yeah. I never quite understood how she got there.
0: That's a good point. I don't know how she
2: got there. I mean, um, she got there, but but um, uh, yeah. Again, it's a it's just a it's just look. It's a fun throwaway story. Yeah. Um, of just you know Batman and Superman. Um, uh, although I must be honest, I kind of feel like back in the day, Superman used to outshine Batman a lot,
3: mm.
2: which I quite which I quite like.
0: Here we go. My people, the people of Crush, are lovers of war. Their art is death. Their single glory, conquest. I grew sick of the killing, the cruelty. I spoke against it. For this, I was condemned to die slowly. I fled. Came here, where the prison is so little, has become a children's playground. I found a kind of peace in Candor. But maybe she fled to Candor before it was shrunk.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying it's it's not um, it's not specified, which which no. is weird to me.
0: Well, otherwise she would have had to have gone. I mean, into I it.
2: assume she would have to have been there from when it shrunk and all that. But I mean, but that means she's not Kryptonian.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, wouldn't I? Don't know. Wouldn't she's the physiologically? She's, so she's definitely not Kryptonian.
0: She's definitely not Kryptonian.
2: Ah, look, it's it's what look. Let's be honest. In the Silver, that they didn't really worry about plot holes as much, though. No.
0: So I'm giving. I,
2: it, I, I, I won't worry about it. Fair
0: <laughs> enough. I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich?
2: Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Fair
0: enough. That's a fair enough score. Uh, then we had finally another, another Dave, uh, World's Finest 320. Um, this one I felt was kind of, uh, it's more in the modern age. Like this is the early 80s. Uh, I did enjoy it, but I, I found it was a bit lesser. I gave it 7 out of 10. I'm just bringing the title up here to to, to look at it. I did like, though, that it featured a Batman-Superman fight on on the front cover. I'd love to know what kind of sales that, in 85, that brought. Um, You know, Batman-Superman fighting, um, not a marquee writer on the title, decent artwork, though, Jose Delbo, uh, good artwork, I felt, Um, and a good fight scene. And uh, honestly, I felt this was pretty good stuff. Um, Other than the villain, I didn't like the artwork on the villain's face. Um, But overall, enjoyable, schlocky action. This is right before the Bronze Age became the modern age. Crisis on Infinite Earths was about to come out. It's actually referenced in this issue. Um, Watchmen's not far away at all. Dark Knight's not far away. This is just before the whole relationship changes. This is very much a time you know, captured kind of thing, time capture, which is why I picked it up. What did you think of this one, Rich? I
2: don't remember which one it was because I'm, I'm confused in my head with a different one, I think. Oh, okay. Um, ah, uh, sorry. It's been a long week for me. Okay. Well, <laughs> um,
0: this, this is one where Batman and Superman are fighting because Superman's kind of captured by this guy who controls dreams. And... Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The, uh, REM guy. Yes. yes with yes. the pink hair. Yes. Uh, which looks like something out of today, which is shocking. I just remember I remember that shocked me. I was like, oh geez, that that's something I'd you'd think I'd see today. Yeah. Not in the um Ah, oh, but I guess it was also the eighties punk, all that sort of stuff and all that. Yeah, That's right. Uh, uh it's when he was a psychologist or something. Yes. yes. Or, or a doctor and he was trying to fix the the minds. Um and then he kind of brainwashed a man. Batman sends him into the Phantom Zone. Yes. Um yes. again, uh yeah, it's it, it's a good story. It, it's it's again, it's that typical. Everything gets wrapped up when Superman just is too smart,
3: uh.
2: um, and just you know automatically. Oh, I did something to your machine, and it backfired because I'm a super scientist.
0: But he was man. That's <laughs> um, the thing. He was, and that's what I love. I know,
2: but that's my point. Like, I, that's why I said I'm. I enjoy these stories for what they are, but I don't take that. Like, they're, they're not my favorites just because just like superman is just i understand like the more you read these things you understand why so many people have this conception of or preconception of superman just being overpowered Mm. because he does everything he's a great fighter he's (laughs) a great scientist you know what i mean he's Mm. a he's he's a great detective like he just he's just too smart for everyone yeah that you almost never feel like he's really in any danger
0: well he's superman dude and, yeah.
2: Although in this one, there was a little bit because he was actually, it was actually Batman that fucking got him out of the situation, which was good. <laughs> Finally got to see him in an actual situation where he he did get sort of like um, beaten. And then it was Batman that sort of yeah,
0: um,
2: qu- a quick thinking, put him in the phantom zone to break the connection, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, again, uh, another, you know, I, I'll probably give this one a seven out of 10 just I'm because, yeah. It was just a little bit more, a bit more of an interesting story than two one one. You know, especially with the backstory of the back of the bad guy, the Rem guy. Mm. Um, very interesting sort of backstory where he it, again, it's a villain born out of a guy actually trying to help people.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Actually, I agree. Yeah.
2: And because he was dealing with people with psychosis and all that sort of stuff, it basically made him crazy.
0: Yeah, it drove him nuts. Because he, saw he was trying much. to delve
2: into their minds and shit and all that, and he built a machine to try and see into their minds, and like all of that shit just went into him, and just like warped his brain. So uh, uh, interesting. I'd like to see a character like that, like maybe make a comeback or something like that. Yeah. Um, in, in today's world, you know, Um interesting oh. character. I'd like to see someone maybe use that REM character again. I, that's what I think. I think if you if you're a writer and you want to like. You just go and delve back into the stuff and just find a, a, a villain that's almost like a one-off villain or yeah. something that could be interesting and go, you know what? I could do something with a character like this. I
0: totally agree. You
2: know, I and, totally agree. You know, so. But everyone just keeps using the same ones over and over. Or they kind of make their own, but they're not as good. Or or,
0: or they go back to World's Finest and decide the Superman got raped. <laughs> you know that's the that's the other option i guess like you know, well to
2: be fair i always got that impression from the book you know, back <laughs> in the 80s, you know? I, got, I got that impression
0: yeah you, you you figured that was just the way it went down kind of thing back in the day yeah, didn't
2: you did i just automatically assume that's what happened to every person that gets captured <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> crazy crazy times um now we're coming to our trade of the week which was batman superman volume one what happened what is it? Who are the Secret Six? Um, obviously, it was... I'm, I'm going to bring up the details here. Uh, Joshua Williamson on writing duties. David Marquez on art duties. Um, this, I, I think, succeeds, despite being linked to the very painful uh, Batman Who Laughs storyline, because it's actually a good story. And it's about the formation. Um, they've got the Batman Who Laughs underneath the Justice League, underneath the Hall of Justice, Batman's not telling anyone. Uh, that comes back to bite him in a big way. Um, the, the Secret Six assemble. Um, they're all like Donna Troy and various others who were all sort of uh, jokerized. Um, I mean, for me, and then it all, it all winds up where all the lies are exposed. Um, Wonder Woman's pissed at them. Um, and then you see that the final reveal was Ras Al Ghul is going to team up with General Zod. Um, but I, I mean, I, I really genuinely enjoyed this. I thought it was a, um, a really much better than I expected kind of book, if you know what I mean. Like, I didn't have huge expectations. Um, I've read a lot of Batman stuff I don't like, Batman Superman stuff I don't like over the, you know, the years since the Jeff Loeb stuff. But I felt this was a really good team-up book between the two of them. It really felt like a classic world's finest, but done in the modern age. It It was, honestly, I think a really strong modern book. Um, I'm not going overboard. I'm not saying hand out the Eisners. I think it's a solid 7.5 out of 10. But I think it's a return to form for the world's finest team. What did you think, Rich?
2: You in parts. Um, mm. The problem for me is if any um, Superman Batman um, mm. series or books or whatever. Unfortunately, they I, I'm just automatically going to hold them up to the Jeff Loeb stuff, and sure. they're always going to fall short. And yep. it, it's not their fault, it's just that unfortunately Jeff Loeb just did a phenomenal uh job when he when he did the Batman Superman, you know, when he basically said, I'm gonna do a modern mm. world's finest, where I really delve into how these two characters that are so different mm. can be such good friends. But the thing I don't like about this is that it delves back into the territory that, that uh pissed people off in the first place, which was um characters keeping secrets from each other and being on the outs right so if you if you remember um what people were not enjoying about dc towards the end which led to the new 52 mm. was how distrusting superman batman and wonder woman were of each other
0: like crisis of conscience and all that kind of stuff that came out of tara of Babel and all that
2: yeah no 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 well well after that oh okay um well. Because in that one, it was only Batman.
0: Yes, it was. Yes.
2: Uh, I'm talking about the the, the, the final crisis. Was it... Infinite Crisis.
0: Infinite Crisis. Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, In that, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman were kind of like almost not talking to each other. Mm. It brings about... You know what I mean? And and it kind of just grew from there. And uh, I don't know. I just... I don't like... I thought it started off well. I liked, I liked the inner dialogue, but I'm not a fan of Superman keeping secrets. That's more of a Batman thing,
3: but it's just a plot.
0: I I I mean, you know, it's just,
2: I know, but I, I just feel like Superman wouldn't, wouldn't agree to keeping the, the Batman who laughs locked up under the justice, the hall of justice without telling people he'd be like, no, Batman, we have to tell them. Like, this is fucking super dangerous.
0: Superman f- felt like a younger Superman than I'm used to, if you know what I mean. Like, it felt like they've de aged Superman a bit. Like, he wasn't quite. Maybe I've been reading a bit of the classic stuff, but I felt that this was a bit of a younger, more naive Superman. Um... Uh,
2: well, it's not supposed to be. This is the father of John Superman, so he's not young. Yeah, it's, like... it,
0: I'm just saying it, it felt yeah, like 40. that. It, it felt like Batman yeah, was yeah. kind of taking the lead a lot. Um, look, I I gotta be honest. I I dug it. I I mean, I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. I thought the artwork was good as well. Uh, by David yeah, it, it's
2: it's okay. I'm giving this one also six point five. Sure. Um, out of out of ten, I don't rate it super high. But again, as I said, in a world where maybe Jeff Loeb's run doesn't exist, maybe this would score higher. Mm. I just think a better book is Public Enemies.
0: Yeah, well, that's a very strong like book. If
2: yeah, if, if you want to read, like, one of the best Batman, Superman, modern mm. stories, just, just read Public Enemies. It's better than this. I'd, um, I'd, it's more I'd, fun than this. I'd recommend. And I just – I don't like the Batman who laughs. I just – fuck. No, no, I no. no. I, I,
0: that's the weakest part is Batman who laughs is the adversary, you know, the antagonist. That said, he's done with by the end of it, and the second volume um, deals a lot with Zod and Ra's al Ghul and is apparently even a lot stronger. But I didn't mind this, despite the fact I'm not a Batman Who Laughs fan, and I was also confused uh, a bit by some of the Jokerized people. Because there's one part where Hawkman's calling himself Sky Tyrant, and he's referring to Carter always disliked you for this or that. I'm like, but isn't isn't he Carter just Jokerized? (laughs) Why is he referring to himself in the third person?
2: So yes and no. Hmm. Um, I think this also ties into his borrowing from the Hawkman run that they had. Right. Where um, uh, one of Hawkman's former lives mm. was Sky Tyrant. So he was reborn ah, on Earth 3 see. as right. Sky Tyrant. And I think in his run, almost like split personality in a way. Gotcha. Uh, one of sense. his previous lives, the Sky Tyrant was actually <laughs> taken over his body.
0: That makes sense. That that actually yeah. makes sense. And uh, I, I yeah. had that
2: if, if you understand that, but yeah, if you'd never read the Hawkman stuff, yes, you would be very confused about just oh, kind of like, why is he referring diary? himself in the
0: third person? Like you are Carter Hall, but I get it. Yeah. That, that
2: makes sense with the Hawkman character. But himself, he's a former right? life, and so he sees himself as a different entity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, not a fan of the dialogue of the, um, of the, of the corrupted people. No. Very juvenile sounding.
0: Yeah. Very simplistic.
2: You know, I mean, I can't. In a sense, I can maybe understand Shazam talking like that. It still felt very cringy, though. Yeah, because it feels like an adult trying to, uh, uh, thinking what they know kids sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they've been flipping. But I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe you're not really good at writing kids. It's just Shazam. He is a kid, but I kind of felt like all of them spoke immaturely. Mm. They spoke um, very except simply. for maybe Gordon. I think Gordon was maybe the only one who spoke a little bit more like an adult, like a bit more serious. The others are almost like cracking jokes. and
0: Poor old Gordon. Isn't, doesn't Gordon stuff? cop it? Like, wow. Like, Jesus mm. Christ. like. And it reminded me of that appalling storyline Scott Snyder did where he made Gordon Batman. That was probably the worst. I, I, I thought that was one of the worst storylines that I've ever experienced with Batman, where they've gone, you know who needs to be Batman? Fucking smoking old Jim Gordon. And it's like, Jesus, like... I really thought that was one of the pits. and I mean, they referenced it in this storyline. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. Like, I think you're right. Everyone who writes Batman, Superman, Superman, Batman is in the shadow of Jeff Loeb, um, who did a good version of them. But I don't know. I've been reading a lot of World's Finest recently, and I felt that this was a pretty appropriate tribute to that stuff, um, although I wish they could be a bit more fun with it at times. Um, that's my only critique this, Well, I, you know. also,
2: I feel like this book um has the opposite effect of when I say, like, in, in when you go to like the Bronze and the Silver Age, where they're too smart. Yeah, I felt like in this one, the two of them were too stupid.
0: Yeah, I know they were just like, oh well. They just—they they
2: literally got played for fools in every single issue. Yeah, I know. by I the know. Batman who laughs, like, I—I I would have, I—I I would have liked to have maybe seen that maybe the Batman who laughs had a contingency or had to quickly change his plan. Yeah. Uh, because maybe they they almost outsmarted him, you know. Because I, I understand that he's a smart guy and shit and all that, but I kind of felt like he was just super crazy smart that he just made Batman and Superman together look just stupid.
0: Yeah, and and like I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the point about Batman the last because I think we're all sick of him. But at the end of the day, he's just Bruce Wayne Jokerized, you know.
2: Yeah, I know. So I don't understand how you can be so much more smarter like than... It's like, oh my
0: God, Marvel like Batman. it's Bruce Wayne Jokerized. Oh, no one could ever beat him. Like It's like, oh, they could. Um, but he did the classic thing, like, we're all just within his web. He's been playing us. And it's like, oh, Jesus. Like, okay. The, the, the twist that wasn't even a twist. You know, like, are you ready for the world's most obvious twist, kids? Because here it is. The Batman Who Laughs has been controlling things all along. <laughs> and it's like he's oh, been
2: he's yeah. been 52 steps ahead of you
0: yeah i was i read that and i was just like Ugh. and and then finally he gets off screen and then zod and rossi ghoul are in the final panel yeah. and i was like oh sweet these two bad boys together. yeah
2: i mean that was far more exciting yeah well this but don't worry again the batman who laughs we're well, like when when is rachel ghoul and, and uh general zod you're like oh okay well there's batman's villain and superman's villain and don't worry. Like, in, know, in the
0: next couple of months, over the next um, four to eight weeks, we'll do volume two. I'm, I'm committed to doing it because I bought both hard covers. Like, um,
2: yeah, and, uh, I mean, look, this is not—it's not a terrible book. Um, I'm giving it a six point five. I mean, that's above average. Yeah. But I'm giving it um, seven point five, and I'm it's, probably it's, being not, it's not the best Superman Batman I've read. So. Oh God, no, hell no!
0: Look, I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. It should probably be a seven. Um, there's just as many. I read a lot of old school World's Finest because I'm just that kind of guy. And a lot of them are better than this. <laughs> like, frankly. Um, I personally feel. But it's not that far away from them either. So it's it's floating in that 7 to 7.5 region, depending on how generous I'm feeling. And because it's Friday night, I'm feeling quite generous. Um, sure. So that brings us to the end of another big show. Um, look, I want to say thank you to all our listeners. Um, thank you to the people supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, it really helps the show. It goes towards show running costs, um, which are a constant, you know, fee. And, it, you know, it really does help us. And we, <coughs> excuse me, we also do Legion Outpost with Adam um, and Dread or Dead also with Adam. So we, we, we try to put as much content out as possible. Um, we just put out on Patreon the Yojimbo episode that Dion and I did, and we're going to do another one when he comes back from holiday. Um, it will be Dion's pick. I can't think what he's doing off the top of my head. Um, we've got um, Brian Biggie at Inner Demons. Uh, Brian Biggie uh, wants us to do Boondock Saints. So that'll be coming up within the next month or two. So we've got plenty of stuff coming on, along along the lines. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone and thank you to Rich for coming back. You've hit twenty twenty two, Rich. We've you know we're panning out the classics again. You know, I, I've yeah. I've called for someone to be arrested for treason this episode. <laughs> not the first time, oddly enough, but no, not the first time, <laughs> first but...
2: time in twenty twenty two so.
0: Far. Exactly, and you did clarify that you think it's unlikely the charge will stick. Unfortunately, um, you know,
2: yeah, it's it's more it's more than unlikely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I'm I mean, not sure. Next week is your choice, Rich. Um, obviously you've got some time up your sleeve if you've got something you you want to do. Um, and we will do the show with Adam. We will do Supreme Alamore and I would suggest at home. The you get started on reading it. It really is a good series and there's gonna be a lot to unpack, which is why I kinda of wanna get three people to dissect it. And we'll probably have a bit of a lighter news week that week as well. Um and a bit of lighter reading in general. So but that won't be next week. So next week, Rich will be your choice. Um we can do whatever you want to do. There's no restrictions as usual. You know. You know you know the way the signal rolls.
2: Yes, there's been no restrictions, but you do suggest Conan.
0: I always—I was going to say, I was about to suggest that we sort of Conan. (laughs) Uh, Either the Chuck Dixon run or all those ones you've got tucked away there. Those magazines, I saw that time when you brought them out from the vault, and I was just like, well, we could just sit here and read conan all night. You're like, we've got a show to do, Dave. And I was like, I'm pretty happy you're right here on the couch. You know, probably getting some...
2: You could have just done the show with you doing like an audio reading of the...
0: Just making Just me. Just, just, yeah, just, No, or just, or just, just a video of me just reading. Just no, no commentary. <laughs> um, look, on that note, I do want to say, look, support the collective. You've got a lot of great shows on there. Into the night with Ray. You've got Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Inner Dean's with Brian Biggie. You've got plenty. You've got Capes and Lunatics. There's so many good things there. Um, the guys doing the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. All sorts of stuff. Um, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.